Welcome to Oz Property Investors, where you're smart, no BS friends who tell you the most interesting stuff going on in property. Join your host, Jeff Miles, former mortgage broker and property developer, alongside Joe Tucker, Director of Property Principles Buyers Agency, as they interview some of Australia's top property experts and commentators, so we can all become better property investors together. And we are live on pizza and no, it's all the property investors. And we, that's why I figured out how to start that live. How are you going anyway, Joe? And how are you going, Todd? Good, man. It's good to be with you guys. Yeah, yeah. We just just had a, had a wardrobe change. I had the wardrobe change and I had to do everything. But yeah, it, it, is, it, it is great to be here. And I, I love your camera. And uh, Joe, how have you been going, man? What's been happening? I've been going good, mate. I've been going great. We had uh, some slight technical issues. So uh, that is not ideal. But we are now live. Um, I'm live. So I'm ready for this. I'm ready for this session. Big Todd, Todd Pizza Sloan. We are ready to unpack the 10 ways to, what was it called? 10 rentals. <laughs> 10, 10 ways to 10 doors. Let's just, just have a chat. Let's, let's just yeah. talk about property and see where the conversation goes. I think that might work. <laughs> that is 100% what this conversation is, is going to be like for sure. How are you, Jeff, yeah. most importantly? How are you? Mate, I, I, I don't like not going, I like being punctual. So I'm, yeah, a little bit, yeah, no, I'm, I'm good. I'm fantastic. Really, really busy and just keen to, keen for structure, Joe, because chats are great, but I love, I love to bring value to the audience. So I'm not saying a chat would be valuable, but no, I'm good. So let's, let's get into the quote of the week. So Todd, I don't know if we have a bit delayed, but I'm, but I'm kind of yeah, here. Yeah, no, I'm on it, man. I'm ready. Oh, excellent. We like to let the guests go first. So what is the, there were so many people registered for this. So I'm excited. What, what is your quote though? My, it's actually one that, that I thought was just fitting right now because we're in such a changing time. It's by Anise Nin and it's, we don't see things the way they are. We see things the way we are. And I just think that's, it's so appropriate for now because we're heading into so much uncertainty, which so many people could see as opportunity or as potential disaster, but it really depends on the way that we are and the lens that we look through it that's actually going to make the difference for us. Mm, yeah. I like that. Yeah, it's like when, there's some, when something happens, there's your, your views, my views, and then the truth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, you look at the world through your own, your own lens. I don't actually think there's, I mean, yes, there's talk of uncertainty, but I don't feel uncertain. And maybe that's just the way I view things. But I mean, I, I, I don't know. To, to me, it's kind of just uh, things are just happening. I, I don't, it's, it's neither good, bad or indifferent. It's, it's actually, it's neither good nor bad. It's just different. Um, rates are going up and there's, and uh, payments are increasing. And some, at some stage, again, they'll probably go down. So, yeah. yeah and there's inflation. What was interesting is I was looking at a property, a, a chart that was mapping inflation. So inflation since 1901 and property prices. And what mm -hmm. was interesting, I need to actually bring it. I haven't got it right now, but I can bring it mm -hmm. and find it and, and post it. But it pretty much inflation and property prices actually covered each other very, very well. You could see inflation going up, property prices going up, inflation mm -hmm. going down, property prices going down. Um, and it's interesting to see where it's going, where it's going to end up. Um, but there's so much interesting stuff going on in the media out there. It's it's just it's all bad news stories. But it's not when you look at certain areas like you know Todd for you over there in Adelaide, the market's going gangbusters. It's going mental because it's uh, 
It's, right. Yeah, it's, oh. it's certainly not as crazy as it was a year ago. However, yeah. it's, it's not some of the doom and gloom stories that you're hearing in the media, that's for sure. Like still getting properties under contract instead of it being within the first like a couple of days of it launching, it's within the first week or so of it launching, which is still a bloody good result and you're still getting a good mm. price. But it's just because it's changed from like the absolute hysteria to more like just a good result. It's, it's still trending that way, but, but it's pretty stable. Yeah, I, I don't think that's necessarily because you said inflation hadn't been that high in 2019, 2020, Joe, and prices were absolutely skyrocketing. So I'd, I'd be interested to see that graph because um, I didn't even know really the last time we had a high. In, but yeah, anyway. Was, let's, was, let's... was that graph more around like uh, Australian uh, property prices as an average rather than like a state a by state kind of thing? Yeah, it wasn't state by state. Yeah, just as a general general whole, but also it went back a hundred years. So like okay. it was a massive, like it's a massive time frame. And you're it right, does. Jeff. Actually, as you got closer to the last uh, twenty years, it it did have a little bit of a skewish type of thing. Um, but it's nothing. This is the thing with the property market. It's so interdependent. It's so mixed of so many different things that you can't say one thing's going to change. You can't track one metric to be able to do it. It's it's just not possible. It's not going you know, to be able to get there. Otherwise, we'd all be on, a, on an island of Bahamas now, wouldn't we? Surely. Well, or I am. Bali, wherever, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, how do we yeah, know just... Joe's not? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> What's your quote of the week, Jeff? Mine's uh, short and sweet. Four, seven times, get up eight. Oh, I like it. What yeah, was it? It's actually, it's a Japanese, it's four, seven times get up eight and it's a yeah. Japanese proverb. So it kind of talks to similar to your uncertainty sort of situation about the lens that you view things for or, or about perseverance and persistence. Mm. I think for me, and, and, and that's uh, dovetails quite nicely into your whole sort of 10 ways to 10 rentals kind of situation is that there's no absolute correct answer or one way of doing things. There's many different ways and I'm sure we'll dig into that. But yeah, what about you, Joe? What's your quote, man? My quote's nice and easy. It's uh, it's how you deal with failure that determines how you achieve success. Um, because that's one of the biggest things I realize in 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 property and some of the cl- some of the people that I speak with, like from the group and and um, elsewhere, have failed in their property journey. And then it's the ones that I'm chatting with. I'm like, oh my gosh, wow, that sounds like you know you're buying it off the plan. You had a terrible experience, but what are you doing? Oh, I'm still buying. I'm still doing the thing. Yes, that situation sucked. But what I did was I got educated about my failure. Where did I fall over? And then made it and progress forward to continue on the journey. So it's, yeah, I guess it's kind of, yeah, actually speaking to what you were talking about there, Jeff, fail seven times. But if you get up again, you're going to do all right. I like these quotes. These are good. These are nice and, nice and progressive. Only, only the best, only best for Todd. Yeah, <laughs> okay, well, before we introduce Todd Pizza Sloan, we'll run through our ad and then uh, we'll introduce this great man and what he's been up to. Because the last time we spoke to you, Toddy, on, in this style of interview was June 2021. A lot has changed since then. It has. You've been crushing. You've, been, you've gone from 500. That, this is the whole purpose of this chat, right? You've gone from $500 a month rental income to 800 Okay, good. Yep. Yeah, I was thinking that's a very affordable $125 a week rent. It was a, it was a $200 uh, a week property. Yeah. And then uh, now to $16,000 a month. How the hell do you even do that? It's grown a bit, but let's talk about that after this short message <laughs> from our sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like listening to a 
<laughs> selling a property. It isn't something we do every single day. There's actually more involved in the process than you may initially think. Like, how do you find the best agent? How do you ensure that you're going to pay the lowest fees? It's not easy. And then also throw in all the stress and pressure of selling. And that's why Scott Agate, a former real estate agent and expert property negotiator from Hallow House, has created his leading agent finder service. After a 20-year career managing agents himself, Scott has personally conducted over 3,000 property transactions along with running Three Bell franchises. He knows all these agent tricks. Scott has created an in-depth five-step process for his leading agent finder service. First, he establishes the true market value for your property. He uses a triangulation method to shortlist the leading agents, creates a competitive environment for those agents to send through their best proposals, vets those proposals, and then he negotiates the best agent fees for you. This ensures that you're not only getting the best rate for selling, but most importantly, you have a leading agent on your side selling your property to maximize the end sale value. Oh, and did I mention this service is completely free. If you'd like to know exactly how Scott runs his five-step leading agent finder service, he's detailed it with the link below. Or if you'd like to speak with Scott to help find you the leading agent in your area, book a call today. I love that uh, people are already commenting on the quality of Todd's camera. Jaunty Terry, I believe. Is that Terry Reason? Is, is that his burner account? But um, he's already commenting on how good the quality of your camera is. So I, I think mine's improved a little bit, but we'll, maybe we'll get to Todd's eventually, Todd's standard. Um, but the the person in front of us today, if you've been living under a rock, Pizza, I need to call him Pizza. Tita Property, Pizza and Property Sloan, um, you are an award-winning real estate agent. And I'm interested to hear what you won the award for. Check. A professional reno renovator and, and host of... Sorry, go on. Sorry, man. What's going on? I'm just checking them off. Checking He's them checking off. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, sorry, don't you say... It's very true. It's very true. Yeah. Um, and you've written the book, which um, I, I, for all accounts, is fantastic. The awesome Australia's home buying guide. So that's um that's a it's quite a resume. So what did you win the award for, Todd, in real estate? Uh, there was a few different ones actually. Uh, I had most improved salesperson, uh, salesperson of the year. I think there, there's heaps of different ones really. But most improved. They, they, yeah, that like, was actually. Oh, yeah. I took a it's long time enough. to find find my like wings. I, I was terrible at that job for probably the first year and a half because yeah. I was great <laughs> at selling the property but I had no idea on how to actually list property. And that's what a lot of people don't understand about being a sales agent is yep. you can be the best in the world at selling them, but if you haven't got them to sell, which you need to get by mm. listing, then it's the rest of it's irrelevant. And yeah, it took about a year and a half and one day it just kind of clicked for me and it went whoop, and started working properly. Wow, there you go. What is the key to a good real estate agent? How do you, what, what ticked? What was that thing that ticked off, do you think? For me, finding the balance between uh, confidence and ego, because if you go in there beating your chest saying how wonderful you are, you turn people off. But if you go in there just kind of really wishy-washy and agreeing and without a plan, you also turn people off because they're about to hand you the keys to their biggest asset nine times out of 10. So they need to know that you know what you're doing and you're confident enough to do that, but you're not just some ego jerk that's like going, ah, look how good I am. That, that balance is is quite a fine line that, that needs to be straddled throughout the, the whole process. Yeah, definitely. And it's 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 actually demonstrating, and I think it's what's true for being a great real estate is, is, is true for a lot of other things in life, um, whether that be, you know, working in, in a corporate, working as a buyer's agent, working as a, 
know, somebody selling food at, uh, at your local kind of takeaway shop. If you go in and say, oh, what, 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 what's good on the menu? And then so he says, oh, I, I thought about trying that. You just haven't, you're not convincing this person you're going to get a good meal. So analogies still haven't improved, have they, Joe? No, that was a terrible <laughs> analogy. Probably a little bit uh, better. No, that was good, mate. That was good. One, one little tip is, uh, is ask the chef what he's having for lunch today if you want to know what's good because they know all, all the freshest produce that's coming in for that day. So they're like, we're not having the burgers today because the lettuce came in yesterday. We're not having the fish because of this. We're having the turkey because, yeah. So that, I don't know I like if it. that is going to help you in any way. Uh, <laughs> um, Todd, I'm actually interested. I, I just I realize you're a real estate agent. I know you more as a friend and a, the host of the Pizza and Property podcast. If you haven't subscribed to it, subscribe to it. Um, you're not a sponsor of the show either, um, so you, you can pay me later. Um, okay, but what are some of the biggest mistakes you see every day? Actually, here's a, a different question. On the phone. So when, because everyone in the group is maybe considering being an interstate uh, investor. So mm -hmm. I'm, you know, they're not flying to Adelaide. They're not flying to Brisbane. What are some of the, the things we could do better on the phone when talking to agents if that's all we're negotiating? If we're only negotiating via the phone, are there some little tricks and tactics that we should incorporate? Because I know there's some when you go into the open and you, you plant some seeds and those type of things, but what about over the phone? So it depends on what you're trying to achieve, really. Get really clear on that goal. Are you trying to pull information out because you're trying to get the best deal or are you in like the booming market that we've just seen and it's like securing the deal is the win, not necessarily getting a massive discount on the, the asking price? Because if it's just securing the deal is the win, then you're really wanting to make sure that you are the easiest option. And that's not always just paying the highest price. A lot of the time that's making sure that it's even the way that you talk to the agent if, if you're like super like forceful and arrogant, then chances are that conversation at the dining table, which no one else is privy to, by the way, this is just the agent and the vendor. When you're going through all of the offers yeah. and you're like, oh, well, look, this person offered whatever it is, 780. Um, then we've got another one that's 780 or, or even maybe 770. It's close by. But, you know, this, this 780 one, like he was super pushy. He wanted all these extra things like if you want to take it take it but in my experience people that that act like this sometimes if they're a pain now they're a pain later and it's a really big pain to have them as a pain later once you're signed into a legally binding document with them so that yeah. that kind of conversation that can happen really goes back on you and if you can just come across easy super friendly like you and i have talked property transactions that many times joe you you do this very well and, and the way that you just talk to an agent, it's that kind of friendly conversation. Pull out as much information as you can doing that, but you're also, without knowing it, making yourself come across as someone that will be easy to transact with because that, that's all an agent wants. They just want to know that you can yeah. keep the deal together. Yeah. 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 Actually, I find that I find that a lot is when you, um, like, it, you don't have to be best friends with people, but it's like, cool, this isn't like i don't know it's not that this isn't important to me but like this isn't the biggest loss if i lose it so um i really want this thing but i am willing to let it go at the wrong like I, it's fine if we let it go because it's not a fit but i actually love it i actually think it's the best fit for our needs and we're willing to go up to a certain amount um but i'm willing to let this thing go um I don't know if that really ties into what you're saying there, but it's just a kind of mindset that I go into. It's like, cool. It's great to chat to you. I really would like to hear about this, 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 and this. Um, but, you know, if 
yeah. it, if there's higher offers, then that's fine. And that's it. It certainly ties into it. It just ties into it more so on the, the getting a better deal side rather than just getting the deal side. So if you are trying to do that, so I'd, I'd refer to that as something called shielding as well. So I remember having this conversation with a friend just recently and he was buying a property and, and for all, all reasons, very smart dude. Um, but he was going to go back to the agent and say, oh, look, if, if you don't accept this offer by this time, I'm pulling out and I'm doing this and rah, rah, rah. There's and I said, look, how about... Yeah. Well, and it's like, well, how about instead of doing it that way, why don't you go back to the agent and say, look, I just want to really let you know, like my, my wife's just found this other property. She really likes this. This is actually our first preference. We want this one, but the other agents putting all this pressure on us. They're wanting us to make a decision in like 24 hours. We don't want to lose both because we've lost so many before. Like how soon do you reckon we could have an answer? Straight away, it's not his fault. His wife's pushing him. There's another agent that's pushing him. It's he's shielding straight away with two other people so if there's not that same kind of like arrogant pressure on him and that can really help in those situations. But again, it mm. just it all depends on what the goal is. That's what you need to be most clear on. I think, I th yeah, I think the only, I, I wouldn't invent a property though, um, which, which you've kind of had, we've had a few conversations about that in the group. I remember, yeah, I, there has to, I think, I feel it has to genuinely be, I mean, of course, everybody's looking at multiple of course. properties. Then, then look at another property, then you haven't invented yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, don't invent. But it. Yeah, I, I suppose. Yeah, um, yeah. I'd, I'd love to hear if if people have questions or comments. But let's let's get on to. Uh, we're seventeen minutes in, and we've kind of covered some really valuable content, some gold nuggets. But we're only seventeen minutes in. Yeah, we are. Yeah, that's, that's oh, time flies when you're having fun. Yeah, all right. It does and we're already probably twenty five minutes or twenty eight minutes, depending on yeah. So you'll well, you'll, you'll keep counting then. <laughs> your biggest your biggest renovation because we've asked you about your first property purchase which was i think a 60k in regional south australia if i mean maybe more than 60 and remind me forgive me if i've got the wrong details 62 there, and a half close enough there you go yeah i knew it was around the 60s so tell us about though that uh that really that renault you nailed for in 10 days like tell us all about it in the brisbane market <laughs> Yeah, so for that one, um, so basically this we knew we needed to get done in such a short time frame because I couldn't take more time off of work um, and plus like Bianca actually flew up to, to Renault with me. So we needed to make sure that everything was actually done like perfectly and there was a whole bunch of different jobs that we, we started chopping up because when you're doing an interstate Renault, there's actually there's, there's a lot to this conversation, but you, you really want to make sure that if you've got only five days, 10 days, 20 days, whatever it is, you're looking at your skill set and your time that you've got. But then you're looking at how much it's actually going to cost for other people to do certain jobs. So like, for example, the, the flooring, if I had have paid someone to, to refloor the place, it was going to cost, uh, I, I was going to save seven grand by doing it myself. So not other way around, it cost me seven grand. I was going to save about sort of two or three grand by doing it myself. Okay. That would have taken me like probably two days, maybe even three. I've only put floating floors in once before. I'm not very good at that. So I know there would have been all of the stuffing around with the edges and it's like, I could do it, but it's not really the best use of my time. So by paying someone yeah. that extra two or three grand made sense because on the flip side to that, I painted inside, outside of both the, the granny flat that was there, the existing one, and the house. That would have cost me, we've got quotes of anywhere from ten to $15,000 to get a painter to actually come and do that. So oh, by me oh. doing that, again, it took me two days, took me the same amount of time, and it only cost me about, uh, I think it was about $1,300 in paint. And all of a sudden, I'm saving a lot oh. more money with the same amount of time. 
are you good at painting though, Todd? Have you paint? You've obviously painted a, a bit. Or... Painted quite a bit. I, I wouldn't want to take on an actual professional painter, but but I'm proficient enough to to make it work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. But I want, I want to hear about the numbers. Yeah, I want to hear about the deal. Yeah. Like, what? how did you secure it? Like, what? Yeah, tell us about that. Let's start at the beginning. What is this? Yeah. yeah. What were you doing? You're on real estate. It's time. It's time to get another deal going. What What's going through your head, Toddy? Pretty much. Okay. So finished um, Renault number, uh, what was that? Number three. And and that one was my very first, what I'd call like a heavy cosmetic Renault. So I actually ripped out the kitchen, ripped out the bathroom, like not tarting stuff up and just painting it. It was like a, a proper, proper Renault. Mm. Um, once that finished, that was actually during the pandemic. So I think I was literally like running around with a paintbrush in like Feb, March, thinking, oh my God, the market's about to collapse. I'm going to lose 50 grand. This is all going to be a disaster. I should have just taken my time now with the benefit of hindsight. But anyway, I finished that one off. And then I remember just thinking, I'm just going to take a knee for a while because I, I, the thing that hit home for me that Corona was real was when I, I heard the phrase, LA is in lockdown. And I thought that's something that you hear in like an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. That's not something that you hear in day-to-day life. And that was what made me go like, this, this is real. Like maybe the market actually could collapse. And, and so I thought, look, mm. just, just stay stay um yeah stay where you are for the moment don't buy anything else don't sell anything else just stay put and then all of a sudden i started seeing as an agent numbers actually started picking up it never actually really dropped dropped it sort of like dropped a little bit but but nothing to to write home about but mm. but then all of a sudden we started seeing more and more people that opens and this is probably around like late 2020 and i thought i've got to buy and I, I started researching in Brisbane, started looking in the Logan uh, area because I thought I want something that's still got a good cash flow to it. And, and I wanted something that I could either chop off the backyard, subdivide or do a granny flat. Like I'm, I'm, for me, it's always about adding value because I've, yeah. I, I've been on a reasonable wage the past two years, but the rest of it before that was, was not a very good wage at all. So I needed to force yeah. value and I needed to make sure that I had really good cash flow. And the more I was looking, the more I was seeing all these properties that they were normally selling for around that kind of 200 mark. All of a sudden, they started selling for like mid twos. And I was like, oh, no, well, that's a ripoff. I'm not paying that. Mm. Like now, again, looking back, it's like, yeah, <laughs> I'll take five. Like this, this is good. But at the time, and I started speaking with a, a BA and having a chat with them. And, and they were basically like, well, look, why are you trying to chase like sort of 50 to $100 a week cash flow? Why not 300, 350? And my exact response was because I don't want to sell drugs out of the property. And they kind of laughed and I was like, well, look, <laughs> just bear with me here and, and explain the, the granny flat situation. I was like, yeah, okay, I, I can do that. And, and so we looked into that and my issue with it was I kind of looked at it and thought whilst, whilst they're like respected in their field, great at what they do. I kind of thought I can do it though. Why am I paying someone else to do this? And then I, I had a real like sort of DNM with myself and I ended up coming to the, the resolution of if I do do this by myself, but basically uh, keep doing my job and keep selling houses, I'm going to half-ass it. And more than likely it's going to take me six months to find something within that case or within that, yeah, that, that time frame, the, the 10, $15,000, whatever it is I'm going to pay, I'm going to pay two times, three times, four times that amount in, in that influx that the markets just had. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. The opportunity me, cost. Exactly. And and I'd had a few of those kind of experiences like just uh, around that sort of time. And I just thought, okay, done. Let's, let's make this happen. I'll concentrate on selling houses, secure the site, get all this done. 
Uh, and so that happened, got the site. That was really good as far as the cash flow is concerned. Looked so what's the, what's, what's the site? Like um, <clears throat> what so is it? Three, How much was it? And three bedroom, you have, one, you yeah, of course, yeah. That. Three bed, one bath house um, that already had a granny flat on it. Okay, so oh, with this geez. one, with, yeah, with another. Are, we, are you comfortable sharing which part of Logan? Uh, let's just stick with Logan. Okay. Yeah, so uh, it was a yeah three bed one bath house and then another granny flat out the back. Okay, yep. and let's say a respectable part of Logan. If if I, that that's probably as far as I'm going to go with that. Nice, <laughs> nice area. And, and you yeah. bought it for sort of mid mid to high two, so in respectable part of three or three. Okay. Jeez, that's a that's a that's wow. a buy. What, what a done. ripper deal. Yeah, so it was wasn't too bad. Um, and then yeah. uh, then we developed another granny flat at the back, another two bed, uh, one bath at the back. So the whole thing now uh, rents for I think it's nine hundred and fifteen dollars a week. Okay. Uh, it's positive cash flow by I think five hundred and something dollars uh, a week after it all, and got the reval after the renovation as well. Uh, the reval came came in in the low sixes, uh, all up. I think I spent about four seventy on it. So I made decent money out of that, but the reval was also done like earlier in the year. It, it, it would be more than that at the moment. But but yeah, as a whole, it, it ticked the boxes as far as cash flow was concerned. I forced value on it through the renovation and and now it just has has a great income to it and allowed me to to then get into the next one again. So so let me get this straight. Is there two granny flats or there's only one granny flat? Two granny flats. So there's a three wow, bed, one bath. I, I was like, am I hearing things here? Did, did t- so Todd? So it's three three doors basically. Or Th- three doors, but yep. two to a three bed, one bath house, three. and one bed, uh, one bath, uh, and a kitchen granny flat are rented out as one dwelling. And then I've got yeah. a two bed, one bath that's rented out as one dwelling. Okay. So they're and not actually rented out. Is there a fence to sub, like cut it off and make it feel yeah, like it's, it's a house? Yeah, absolutely. So it's all separate and it's all like everything's all landscaped. And if you think of it more like um, a bit of a unit block type situation almost, but not officially a unit block, that's probably the way to, to kind of think about it. So it's, it's not the prettiest thing, but this, this has always been my thing with property is pretty isn't profit. And there'd be so many people out there that would pull that deal apart and go, oh yeah, but what about the resale in 20 years time? And what about this? And what about that? And you, you know what? They're probably right. But at the end of the day, if, if it helps you to get from this one to that one, and, and it helps on a day-to-day basis as far as like cash flow is concerned. To me, mm-hmm. it, it works for, for what I'm shooting for goal-wise. And I, I, think, I think that's the thing that often gets lost in a lot of the questions of all the posts. People say, and even I do it sometimes, but it's like, oh, I'm going to buy in Toowoomba or Ipswich or, or wherever location and just pick those two out. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I sort of say, well, I don't know. I don't think that's going to get the capital growth and, and, and it has in, in parts of it. But I sort of, I look at it from my lens and I say, well, but maybe for that person, maybe that works for them. And if that's what they're looking for, if that hits their goals and objectives and who am I to say, who am I to um, thumb my nose up at that? So yeah, it's good on you for kind of going against. Yeah. Yeah. And and you got to work best with what you got. Like even that very first property at 62 grand, like that, that got valued recently. I think it was at 200 or 220. Like it's as, as far as dollars in the pocket. Yeah. I'm not retiring from that, but as far as a percentage is concerned, it's, it's done all right. Like, and it's, it's all I could actually afford at the time. So it was better than doing nothing plus, it works. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if you had 10 of those things, you'd times it by 10. And it's like, well, that's 600, 640,000 at X yield is an amazing result. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. You need that. You obviously need that growth, that growth side of things. But um, I've never heard. I haven't heard this uh, this granny flat story. We haven't actually spoken about that. So I'm excited. I'm excited about that. So give me a bit of a rundown on the process for getting a granny flat. Like, what does that? What does it actually look like? And how did you get another granny flat on there? Like, it's I've never this heard one, of two granny flats on a house on a on a lot. It's because it's actually all technically under the same roof because the granny flat, the existing granny flat was already built and it's all connected um, by the same mm. roof line. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Otherwise, you're right. You wouldn't be able to get it done. So it was, this is, this is not a deal that you could just like instantly go out and kind of secure and search for. This yeah. is more so one of those when you find it, you jump on it kind of things. Yeah. Somebody, somebody okay. said, "Are the granny flats legal?" Well, I'm sure they certainly. Todd, Todd doesn't. Todd seems like an Bloody upstanding so. citizen. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah, paid enough for him. <laughs> so, what were your, what was your thought process around that? Because um, around the purchasing of the granny flat, because what was it, 170k or something like that for a granny flat at the to time? Build no, hundred. I think it was 123. Jeez, that's 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 great. And this was mid twenty mid last year, was it? Just after? Yeah, I ended up paying more for more for it though, because they ended up sort of um, flinging a few extra charges at me. Um, one yeah. of them that I just completely disputed because it, to me it wasn't right. Um, and and my my issue my issue was the fact that, and, and I'm not going to say who it was because I don't believe I'm not going to slander or anything like that. But I actually just had a lot of communication problems with them. And it was always someone different that I talked to on the phone. No one ever wanted to take responsibility. Everyone was always going, oh, no, nah, it's that that guy you got to talk to. And and it just, there was delay after delay after delay. And and then when they started flinging these extra bills at me, I felt like what it actually was, was prices are rising. We're making up charges because we, we might lose some money on this. And, and, yeah. And, and there was a part of me that kind of thought, you know, if you actually just came to me and said, hey, this is actually what's going on. Like we, we need to kind of stay solvent. This is what we're doing. Prices are changing. I probably would have been fine with it and just going, yeah, okay, like, let's, let's kind of all come together on this. Something that I spoke about with Rob Flux once and he was saying like, yes, you can like go, oh, this is the contract and you can enforce it. But at the end of the day, if your builder goes insolvent whilst they're building your construction, you're in just as much of a poop. Like you might be right and you might be legally in the clear, but yeah, exactly. So uh, I, I look at that and I think uh, that's something I would have done different. And the other thing is the infrastructure charges. Um, they, I, I, and I still need to, to look into this properly with it, but if they have a possibility of actually being wrapped into things a little bit more with a loan, that would have made things a, a lot easier as well instead of actually being paid separately because naturally you just got to pay cash for it then. So what do you, you mean? Probably, what do you, you mean? What does, that actually, what does that actually look like? So infrastructure charges. $18,000. Eighteen thousand. Yeah, remember, remember how Logan started charging for a granny flat? I think when they start, when we had the Jackie scheme, she mentioned that they would only because everybody in their everybody in their dog was. Building. I think it was like a month after I signed the contract. They oh started no! Doing it. Yeah. yeah, because it everybody's was supposed building to be granny like flats. seven or something, and then it just went whoop sixteen thousand. Yeah. So how do we make more money? It's kind of like the Queensland land situation. Let's oh, make God, some more money. Don't even start on that. <laughs> I've seen plenty of posts about it, so. And we did, we did check out our YouTube oh, that's, folks. Check it out. Um, so that's not a, so infrastructure charges are not actually, you know, making, it's not doing it. It's just paying the council essentially for the yeah. infrastructure to connect it to. So to put the water like this, which would, would you, would your plumber I, guy install, 
No, you're, they're not even installing right. the water. It's for, for, and, and please, anyone out there that's listening, correct me if I'm wrong. It's more so because then it's justified because now uh, two more people or four more people, however many people are living in that granny flat right now, it is two, are then going to, to use more services to put more sort of strain onto the council. So it's like you, you need to pay for that as the developer or developer. Yeah. It's a granny flat, but technically developer. Yeah. So did you go into this deal with a granny flat in mind? Yeah, absolutely. That was a part of what was actually going to make this such better cash flow. So it doesn't really provide like a massive equity uplift, hence the renovation side of it. Like it might help a bit, obviously, but yeah. for what you pay and, and what it actually adds kind of equalizes out. So I know I knew I needed something that I could actually renovate to add that as well. Can, can I um, can I ask you a, and maybe there's a reason for this, because I heard, I don't know if it was your podcast or somebody's podcast, they spoke about Everybody talks about getting a granny flat to increase cash flow, but then instead of doing that, did you consider simply buying a using the cash? Because I imagine you had to use cash, or did you could you get finance on the granny I flat? Get finance you? for it. Oh, you did. Okay. Yeah. All right, but did, did you consider using that borrowing capacity to then go and buy another property that maybe is yielding four hundred bucks or something? Did you weigh that up? Or? Well, it's 120 something build. So and I'll, I'd have to go back to, to regional somewhere to do that for 120 something. Yeah. Um, well, so yeah I, if, I suppose... if I had to use cash, I think you'd be right. But because yeah. I could leverage it, then yeah, no, it worked. I thought it worked. Yeah. What was the LVR on the, the build? It, to start with, it was all 9010, um, but that that's all changed drastically now. Because the valuation. That was just really purely because. I could, again, I could see how everything was going up. So I was actually negotiating the deal of the next property when I was painting the walls of the, the property in Brisbane. And, and so I bought another unit while I was up there to, to renovate because I knew, and that's why I stretched it and went to 9010 because I thought, let's, let's get as much as I can right now. Yeah. So, so, just, so just, to frame, just to frame this whole conversation, this is about the, this is Todd's story, the 10 ways to 10 rentals. But I, I think I'd like to hear more about, because there is a, you are making it, you are creating or you're writing a book uh, about this kind of process. And what, what, what sort of, in, in the conversation, because you've had over 150 podcasts, maybe 200 now, isn't it? I don't know, maybe at least I think It depends if you count weekly slices or not. Yeah, I think we're up to 200. Count count that. Yeah. Um, so your kind of experience, what, what has been your experience in, in speaking to other people about um, their kind of journey to 10, 10 ways to 10 rentals? What, what, are, what is there? Well, and, and this is the whole idea behind the book because I, I take it back to when I started Pizza and Property. I started with a very good friend of mine and, and, and I talk about this like in the book. We were in my mum's back shed. Like I, I moved in with my mum at the age of like 32 or whatever I was. No shame, and, no shame. Well, and, and, and I'm actually proud of it because I wouldn't be here right now telling this story if I didn't. I, I'd, I'd be sitting there going, oh, yeah, shoulda, shoulda, coulda, woulda, whatever the, that saying is. But, go, what didn't. That's the one, yeah. Um, but by doing that, though, it, it enabled me to, to get more leverage and, and do a few more things in, in this property space. And, and it had a mate and we, we thought, oh, yeah, let's, let's start this podcast. I think originally it was going to be called Man Versus Property. Um, and, and I don't know how it came about, but end up saying, yeah, pizza and property, that, that's kind of fun. Let's do that. And yeah. at this stage, my, ho my whole portfolio consisted of, of one regional property, which then I think is worth $120,000 and another one that was half finished of $100,000. I'm talking all these people worth millions of dollars and it just felt like this whole far-fetched, like that's what other people do. And, and I don't know if you boys can resonate with this. I don't know if anyone else can that's listening, but 
it's it's the whole switching your mentality from other people can do it to well why can't I do it? And I'm I'm so fortunate, and and you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. Being able to talk to so many different people in the industry that that really just normalize it. And, and it's where that saying like I, uh, normalize, don't idolize, I think is so yeah, important because when, when something becomes normal, then it, it almost sets you cruising altitude at that level. In, instead of thinking it's something that you got to strive for, it's just like, no, this is just how it works now. And being able to, to actually talk with all these people, like I, I dead set, never thought that I would have built something. Now the portfolio is about $3 million and in the, the space of, what is that? Like four and a half, five years that it's gone from a couple of regional properties worth a few hundred thousand to, to almost 3 million. My, my income, it did grow. Absolutely. But, but it didn't, I wasn't earning like two, 300,000 a year. It's, it's not a, a huge income like that, but I, I, I started having the idea once I, I bought the, the block of units going like, holy crap, I've actually got like 10 rental properties. So like the actual titles that I've got is like six or seven or six, six. But it was the, the rental income was the thing that actually made this possible. And being able to have that many different rental incomes coming in, building it from like $800 a month to like almost, actually no, it's over 16,000 a month now. It, it's just enabled me to do stuff I just wouldn't have been able to do, which then led me to the whole, how many other stories are out there like this? How many other stories of the, uh, the, I call him the, the coulda, woulda, shoulda guy. Or the, no, sorry, the, the what, what about, oh, actually, what was the term we were talking about this the other day, Joe? Uh, the yeah, yeah but guy. That's the yeah. one, yes. Yeah. And it's so easy to do that. And I, I find myself like doing that sometimes. You're like, oh, yeah, but, you, you know, it's easy for you. You can do blah, blah, blah. And I thought, well, I, 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 used to, I used to be somewhat like that person, but now now actually having spoken, having done this, and you're right because you speak to so many people and then you get people messaging like, oh, I don't know how to do it. It's like, you just do X, Y, and Z. Um, yeah. I mean, my answer to them. And they're like, oh, okay. I'm like, well, isn't that Because obvious? you've normalized it. Yeah. And, and, and it's such a, a powerful thing, I think. And, and being able to, to then look at this from, from 10 different ways and, and okay. developing strategies, renovating strategies, just simple buy and hold, hot spotting. Like, it doesn't matter how people are doing it. They're also doing it from completely different walks of life as well. So we're basically at the point right now, I've just uh, written the introduction and uh, the first chapter, and I've sent that off to, to the publisher at the moment. They're doing the review. Um, and we're going to be interviewing nine other investors on their journey of, of from one to, to 10 rentals. And, and some of the people are going to have substantially higher portfolios than that now. Some are going to have 30, 40, 50 rentals. And some of them are, are, are like myself, are only sort of just clipping over that, that line. But it's the importance of then being able to connect with at least one of those stories as a reader, being able to go, oh, wait a second, like this person's actually got a very similar situation to me. Maybe what Todd's saying just does not resonate with me whatsoever. But X, Y, and Z investor, I can see that. I can start emulating that. You don't need to reinvent the wheel. Just pick up where someone, offers, uh, someone else has left off. Yeah, I love that. I love that framework. And, and I think it's just realizing that one thing I've kind of noticed doing this with the with chatting to people is that just normal people and they all have failings. And it's like, oh, actually, yeah. you know, you, you really struggle with that, you know, but you've built this massive empire. How, how does that, I thought you, you knew everything. I thought you're the best of the best of the best, but you're great at what you do there. And, and it's just, it's just normal people, but they've, they've spent the time, energy and resources on educating themselves on a specific pro uh, process and topic. Um, and I think that's 
probably one thing that you might find, Todd, in the conversations that you have with people is there's not going to be one person who is a renovator, subdivider, granny flat building developer who uses options um, to be able to <laughs> build to, to, to rooming box. house. <laughs> to, to build rooming houses so, so commercials yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah commercial rooming houses so i don't think you're going to yeah. see that happening um because you really do have to choose yeah. the path because a lot of the paths that we talk about subdivision that you can make a lot of money in that renovation granny flats development but you need to choose that choose the path and go strong onto it rather than oh i've because what I sometimes find myself doing is reading a really interesting book about what mm. something, a topic, and then it gets hard and I have to like do the thing. And I'm like, Oh, cool. Well, that's annoying. I'm going to put this book down and then I'm going to read this one until I get to that hard thing. Or I'm going to start doing this ADD. process. You're an entrepreneur, Joe. That's what you are. You, you, you like, you like bright, shiny objects, bright, shiny objects. Here. Yeah. Yeah, we, and, we and it's like, oh, this has gotten too hard. I'm going to move on to the next one. And, oh, this seminar is too difficult. I'm going to move on to the option one. Oh, I understand options a little bit. Now I'm going to move on to the next one. Um, but I like that narrow focus of uh, of choosing the path that you think is most suitable to you for the time that you have, for the resources you have, and for the goals the goals that you have to want to achieve. Like, just, to take, just to take it back to one of Todd's points uh, on, sure. on kind of normalizing rather than idolizing. Um, I, I think, I don't know if you, this is maybe uh, your guys' experience. My experience, you, you kind of think growing up that as a kid, you think your parents are like, they've got it all together. They've got everything sorted. But, yeah. but mm-hmm. you, you sort of, you grow up and you actually realize, wow, they're actually, they're just, they, they have absolutely no idea. They're just, adults have no idea what we're doing. We kind of just... We, we figure out sort of key components of life and then we can kind of pretend about the rest of it. But I think the point I'm getting at there is um, there are all these people that are going to be in the book have their kind of have their drawbacks and have their weak points, but they know those weak points and they know what their strengths are. And um, yeah, what, so what would you say is your, I think I know what your strength is, Todd, but what would you say your strengths or strength or strengths are? Or focus? I, I think part of mine is perseverance. Like I've just negotiated $40 um, off of a price being overcharged with Apple. I don't know if anyone's ever tried doing that before. (laughs) Apple is a very difficult company to deal with. (laughs) It's like being on hold to CBA. God. Anyway, no, all jokes aside, uh, perseverance is definitely something that I think is, is my strongest characteristic because I, I'm the kind of person that once I get something that I fixate on, and and maybe this is like an ADD thing. I've, I've been told that before, but I just make sure it happens by hella high water. I I'll get to that other side. And, and I think that like, and, and I talk about this in the chapter, if, if anyone has, has sat down with their broker recently, or especially their lender lender, it's, it's, you could have the best lender in the world and they could say, Oh, sorry, you've capped out, but it's like, well, maybe you've just capped out under their serviceability. And I had that when, when it came to, to property, uh, when was I three? And then I wanted to buy like rental four and five. And my, my broker at the time was just like, no, nah, sorry, can't get you more than, what was it? Three, 320 or something like that. And, and all of a sudden I go to this other broker is like, oh yeah, I'll get you like 930. And it was like, sorry, what? I just, I couldn't, it was such a, a drastic change. And this was in a few months. So it wasn't like my, my income had changed around that drastically at all. And, and I just think that if you you don't keep asking those questions, you don't know. 
like, I haven't really done anything that special, but bloody hell, like once, once I've got my, my site set on it, it's, it's happening. Cause I just keep asking until I get the response I want. Yeah. I admire yeah. that. That's, a, that's, a, that's actually a much harder thing. Here I was talking about, you know, not persevering on all the, the sessions that, uh, the, the books that I read. Um, but that is, how, how do we, have you honed is that a learned skill or is that something you've always had and if it's a learned skill how can we learn a little bit from you <laughs> so i don't want to go all goggins on you but that that's kind of the honest truth of it so it, a lot of this actually comes from i i wouldn't be the person i am today if it wasn't for what i went through with with my back injury like i i couldn't walk properly for almost four years i had three bulging discs and two facet joints out of place and constantly like my back was spasming uh, and i i was just an absolute mess i i used to just self-medicate with ridiculous amounts of alcohol like it, it was it was a, i was a lot of fun to be around for for friends like i was that that guy that you you wanted to party with you still but, are Todd. you are a lot of fun <laughs> no it's it's not vodka anymore yeah. it's it's water in the glass now but um but but, but my whole point is i I went through so much pain that when I did the walk from Adelaide to Melbourne, I honestly don't think I could have done it if it wasn't for that pain. Like I still remember when I was in Neil, I, I was having my, my blisters were getting cleaned off by a local nurse and, and she was literally like scraping all of the, the raw skin out of, of my toes, which is a whole different level of pain that I, I hope you don't feel, but, but going through stuff like this, it, it really changes things because then it kind of turns the volume down on other sides of life that otherwise would have stressed you out. But now in comparisons, a bit like, this is not so bad, actually. And, and by doing, by subjecting yourself to more like high level, I don't know if it's problems, but I guess, I guess it is kind of challenges. It, it makes you grow as a person. It forces you to grow as a person because you can either have that, that pain of, of giving up or, or the pain of enduring and, and following through with it. Yeah. And um, yeah, I, mean, I completely resonate with that in, in terms of, uh, and there's quote, a quote out there, something along the lines of when you get, when you get more richer, the problems don't go away. They just get different. So I don't, I, don't, I think anybody who yeah. says that. That's, yeah. life- that's the biggest, the, 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 yeah, that the one I heard was money doesn't solve all your problems. It just solves your money problems. Yeah. I, I had a call from a plumber. Uh, one of the toilets in the unit block that I bought recently had just started overflowing. Let's just say it looks oh, like no. someone spilled a very big chocolate milkshake everywhere. Oh. <laughs> it was horrible. And the plumber went there and he's like, oh, you don't need to worry about it. Cobber. Um, uh, it's all, all this uh, drains are all blocked up. Uh, but that's the complex's problem. I'm like, oh, <laughs> what if I own the complex? And he's like, Let, I'm going to paraphrase him a little bit, but you're stuffed then, mate. <laughs> so, <laughs> sounds good to own the complex until you've got to pay for everything. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. So, yeah, let's let's dive. Well, one thing I want to touch on real quickly is the, the, the granny flat was you mm-hmm. bought it for 120 How much did it rent for after that? Like what did you bought the, cause essentially you're buying another property and putting it on the same block of land that you already own. So you're not even paying land for that, but how yep. much does the granny externally rent for? 365 a week. Jeez. Yeah, so 365 times by 52 divided by 120,000. Uh, you got to do it by 48, Joe. Don't do it by 52. Man. You got a vacancy. You got, yeah. 15.8% never... yield on your money on, and then you will put down what, 10%. So, uh, yeah. Not a bad ROI. Okay. So 
you were doing that renovation on the granny flat um, property to grow, mm -hmm. to build a granny flat and then renovate the front house. And yep. then you said that you're working on an, this deal for the unit block or was that another deal before the unit block? Another deal before the unit block. Okay. And, and how are you building out your strategy at the moment? Because you're going renovate a cash flow, renovate, add value, cash flow. And the reason you're doing the cash flow is to allow is you spoke with your broker and they said, look, you're kind of tapped out. You need to funnel that money. You need more cash flow, which will allow you to have more serviceability to be able to buy again. That kind of like the, the big, big thing that I learned from, from very early on was don't ever buy the property that's in front of you unless you can explain how it's going to buy or help you buy the one after that. That, yeah. that's so important. yeah, exactly. Like, uh, I, and unless you're like, Oh, I'm just happy to, to chill here for a bit and, and not buy for two, four, five years, whatever it is, you can pay down equity uplift, whatever it is uh, uh, after for that sure. kind of time yeah. frame. But, but if you're wanting to continuously scale, and you're not asking that question, you're setting yourself up for potential failure. So how do you actually do that? Is there a specific question or do you, do you does your broker crunch the numbers? I mean, is that yeah, literally sit down with a broker and say, okay, if, if we bought this unit for $500,000, whatever it is, and we rent it out for $500 a week, where does that leave us? And they're going to go, oh, okay, well, if you did all of that, we're going to be, be able to get you 300 grand next time. What can you do with 300? Oh, not much. Okay. What if I bought uh, this unit? This one's an ugly one, and I bought paid three hundred and eighty thousand for it, renovated it, and then we got it revowed more so at five hundred and rented it out for blah blah blah. Where does that leave us? Oh well, actually, that leaves you in this position, and you just keep playing with the hypotheticals with your broker and the serviceability calculator. One big thing that I will put as like a disclaimer now, though, is as we we enter into more kind of rising rate environments. Don't do those numbers off of rates now. Do those numbers off of rates of 1%, 2%, whatever you're comfortable with because your serviceability and your DTI is obviously going to change with that. Mm. And what's DTI? Debt to income, income ratio. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I know bait, you know bait. that. You just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was bait, baiting you in on that one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, so that's why we're going for this cash flow is to optimize our serviceability to be able to buy another one. So what, what was the next one? What, what happened next? Let's, let's not go to the unit block just yet. Let's tease the can unit I, can block. I just because... Can I just interject and say, um, yes, yes, from, on your point there about rising interest rates. Um, and, and yes, they may sort of, if, if people are needing to buy in the next three or six months, I'd consider that. And I, mm -hmm. I, I hate getting the crisp ball out, but I'll, I'll throw it out there. Um, 2023, I don't think rates will, interest rates will increase forever. So if you're, if, if you're sitting out for nine months, I think by that stage, you'll start to see it taper off. So, but yeah, as you say, if you're planning a couple ahead, yeah, maybe one or 2% higher, but yeah, go on, Joe. Uh, what happened next? Oh, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> I thought we're throwing to you. Um, yeah. So next I, I negotiated the, the unit um, when I was, I was literally like painting the wall outside. It was about nine o'clock at night. And at first I actually lost the property. And then the agent called me back and he's like, oh, can you up your offer? I was like, I thought you just said I lost it. And he's like, yeah, but I reckon we can pull it together if you up your offer. I was like, Wait, well, you're painting a wall of another property or not the one you're buying? Yeah, pro property in, in Brisbane. I'm painting the wall and I'm talking to this guy oh, yeah. and he's like, oh, can you up the offer? And I'm like, oh, like, why? I thought I lost it. 
He's like, oh, no, it looks like it's going to – I'll keep the hand motion going just to, to set the scene. Yeah, um, no, I, I think you, you might have the property because this one might actually fall over. So I said, well, look, I can't up the offer. My, my offer is my offer. But I can tell you I'll sign the contract literally now if you send it to me. I think I'd stop paying yeah. at this stage. I, was probably I would have just said if the property's falling over, I don't know. I think I deserve a discount on that property, don't you, Mr. <laughs> Mr. or Mrs. Agent? I don't know how much you would have bought in, in that market in late 2021 with that approach. But may, maybe I lost an opportunity there. Maybe I should have done that. Just, but, a, but for just, me, just to kind of lighten the mood, though. Just make, make it fun. Right. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, I ended up uh, securing it and literally signing the contract on my phone uh, within about 20 minutes, half an hour. Yeah. And I remember walking back into the little granny flat where Bianca was painting. Uh, and I was like, I got two questions for you. Do you want pizza for dinner? And do you mind doing more renovations as soon as we get back home? <laughs> no, no. The question should have been, do you want pizza or property for dinner? Because we can have both. See, this is why I need you on site, Jeff. <laughs> Opportunities get wasted very easily, apparently. It's <laughs> a good one, Jeff. Um, so, wait, you bought the unit block in Adelaide? No, this isn't the unit block. This is the unit. So the unit block is is in Queensland. Okay, okay. The, okay, the, great, the, the great, unit, great. this one, the, the biggest reason I got this is because uh, I basically just found out about a sale of a unit that was very similar nearby, two-bedroom, and let's just say, yeah, very similar, but it wasn't even newly renovated. It was probably renovated eight years ago renovated okay so new enough but not not brand spanker and that just went for 321 and then this one was advertised at something like 230 and i thought this makes sense and so i ended up putting an offer forward of, of 2 220 uh, then went to, to 225 and that's that's where i just stuck to my guns with that and got it under contract for 225 long story short i think i spent twenty thousand dollars on it and got it revowed for 325 now similar ones if i built a little pergola out the back which i could easily do myself for a, a three by three pergola so i don't need council approval i could probably build that for about 1500 bucks uh, i'd probably get closer to 400 probably more like yeah 380 400 000. and what's it what's it rent for 400 a week wow that's pretty good that's probably what seven and a half percent cash flow Joe, if you do crunch the crunch the numbers on that yield I can actually tell you. I've got. Where is it in the book here? <laughs> yeah. Why? Why are we trying to do this on the spot here? Yeah. Four hundred times. What was the per What was the overall purchase? Two oh, two twenty five is what I paid. Yep. And rents for four hundred. But is if this, you throw I feel in like we 20... need some Holt music here. I've got apparently an eight point one percent yield, but I think that that, that's in, the... that's including like stamps and Reno and everything. Okay. Wow. There you go. And was 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 that wow. increased though recently, or you locked that in prior to rents? No, no that was. I leased that the day that I started uh, negotiations on the unit block. Jesus. How many, so you bought three properties in the space of about three of three kind of like three different yeah. kind of things in the space of three or six months? Did you? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Sounds right. Jeez. Wow. No, actually, no, no, because no, the 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 place uh, in Logan, the granny flat and the the house that was actually purchased in March 2021, but it wasn't until September that I I started uh, actually um, renovating it, wow. and then bought bought the unit then in September, and then by the time that was finished, because uh, I actually did my back in several times, so the timeline blew out. I think that was kind of February ish. That's when that was leasing out. 
No, was it wouldn't have been Feb. It would have been March. Oh, yeah, that did take a while. Yeah, probably more like around March, April, even. And and that's that's when I actually started, um, yeah, negotiating on the unit block. So I've got a question around doing renovations yourself versus hiring someone to do them. Mm-hmm. Um, because as you just said, then times blow out and time is money. Like if you've got a if you've got a mortgage on the property, it's going to cost you a couple of hundred dollars a week. Oh, no, a couple of hundred, but well, actually, may, maybe, maybe, yeah. um, yeah. of lost revenue that you actually paying the mortgage and then lost revenue for getting Correct. rent in. Two factors. So, sorry? Two factor. You're spot on. Yeah, exactly. It's a double whammy. So, how do you factor that into the decision process of saying, you know what, actually, I'm going to, I'm going to do it all myself? Or how do you think about that? Well, it's, it's a little bit of, there's, there's a few things at play here. One, I actually just enjoy it. Because having been a, been a sales agent for almost eight years, everything Very is clean hands. Yeah, yeah, it is. And 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 like when I when I used to to work labor work, I remember I would read so much because I'd work twelve hour days just physical, and then when I get home, all I wanted to do is just sit there and read. And I now when I'd get home from work because everything is so mental. I wanted to do physical things. I didn't really want to, to do the same kind of mental stimulation. And so there was that side of it that I actually just enjoyed it. Um, but there was also the other side of the more I could keep that budget down, the more I could increase the actual, uh, the profit. Uh, definitely the holding costs, that they, they come into it. But because I am dealing in more lower value property, it's not the same thing. Like if it was a million dollar home that I was renovating, 100%, yeah. I'm going backwards anywhere between 700 and $1,000 a week. That adds up real quick. But when I'm talking about a $220,000 unit that I put down a 20% deposit on, I'm not really going backwards very quickly. And, and so for me, it came down to the same kind of things of what can I do cheaply and also safely? Like I don't do sparky work myself. I get people to do that. I, I got the plumbing done professionally. Like yeah. I'm not doing yeah, that yeah. kind of stuff. But, yeah. but everything that I could do, well, yeah, I'm doing it. <laughs> Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, it's a, that's a great way to frame it, right? Is what is the purchase price? How much debt do I have on this? And then factoring and working out how much it's going to cost you per week. And are you willing to take that? And if it is, yeah, $200,000 purchase, not going to do much damage to you. So yeah. what are your thoughts about um, the growth side of things of the portfolio? Because you're talking about buying a $220,000 property um, and most people are like, oh, if you go for high cash flow, we're not going to get the growth. And the growth is what makes it in property for, for me. You use mm-hmm. residential property to grow an asset base to then you can transition out and look for more of a cash flow play into that. Um, but you've kind of been bucking the trend because you bought it for $220,000, you spent $20,000 on it and it's now worth $400,000. Um, but can you talk to that a little bit around maybe the mindset side of things? Is it worth four hundred total? That one was probably rented for four hundred. Rented for four hundred, but yeah, if I put it on the market, well, I don't know about now, but maybe three, two months ago, a month ago, um, yeah, it would have been getting three eighty to, to potentially four hundred thousand for it, but it got valued at three twenty five. Oh, okay, yeah, that's where I was. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. but growth. Growth on high cash flow assets and it being not existing. What are your thoughts to that? It, it's just not true. <laughs> it's as simple as that. It's 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 not not the truth. Like look look at the data. Pull apart any suburb, and and like what was it the the highest grow uh, growth suburb in? I don't know if it was all of Australia or just Queensland last year. It was apparently Woodridge. 
something like 58%. Yeah, like, that's true. don't know how many people know anything about Woodridge, but let's just say you you wouldn't want to walk around at night by yourself. Unless you're from Woodridge, um, well, we love you. Yeah, and we love uh, you. But, <laughs> no, but I mean, at the end of the day, look, I, I come from a very blue-collar area, so I feel like I can say that. Like, it's just, it, it is what it is at the end of the day. I, I'm not special about things. I, I'm, I'm just realistic. And I think realistically, these areas do perform. But do they perform exactly the same way? Well, no. But do, do they not perform at all? Also, no. That they, they do perform. And, and I think that the, the whole, like, and you've just got to have the growth. I just personally don't subscribe to this. But again, this is the whole point of the book. Because you might, might read my chapter and just go, this guy's full of it. Of course, I just want the growth. Take your cash flow. Keep your, your 100 bucks a week, mate. I don't care. Good. That's fine. Do, do what works for you. Because this, this is what's worked really well for, for me in my situation. And it's what I believe. And I almost feel like sometimes with some people, and I, and I really want to emphasize that some people, it, property and, and what we sort of uh, go, this is our way, it almost crosses the bounds into the, like a religious type belief of, oh, mm. no, no, this, this is just the way I want to do it. And I think I look at it the same way as a religious type belief of it's like, I don't care if you're, you're Jewish, Muslim, Christian, whatever it is, like you, you do you. And that, that makes you happy. That's, that's cool. It's got none of my business. It's got nothing to do with me and I'm not going to judge you. And, and I think we, we need to sort of pull back sometimes and just, just look at the actual numbers because if you can see numbers that, that work and you can actually plan out that portfolio and go, well, if I buy these things, then I'm going to potentially be able to grow it to a mil, two mil, three mil, whatever it is. Yeah. Well, great. If that's the goal, then that's, that's probably the path you should be following. So, what um, what are some of the things that you noticed on that unit that told you that this was a good deal? How did you know that this was a, a bit of a cracker hidden? Was it was it hidden gem? Would you say like did you see it and be like, oh gosh, I have to have that because that's. I say it's a turd polish from the sounds of it. Are there, we, I'd love to see photos of this place, but yeah. It, I, I think I actually put before and afters in the the group one day. I can send them through, but it, it was it, it was out in the open. It was for everyone to see. And I remember I was just getting annoyed because I wanted to get another deal, and and like I just couldn't find another one in Queensland. And I remember actually just getting angry one day and pulling over and just looking through realestate.com. And I was literally driving. I was on South Road, and I was like, "This is shit. I don't want to do this anymore. I just want to buy another property." Anyway, because I found this thing and it was the day before we flew out to go to Queensland and I just called the agent up and I'm like, oh, can we, can we have a look through? And he's like, yeah, well, it was just under contract, but they did a building inspection and they found out that there was moisture in the walls, which everything's got moisture in the, the wet areas. It's, it's a wet area. It's kind of how it works. Um, which, yeah. by the way, if you're ever worried about that, get a pressure test done. Like, talk to a plumber, talk to the right professionals. Don't ever freak out when the building inspector tells you that. Just talk to the people. They have to put in all those kind of, uh, you know, it's got it's got uh, mites and or whatever. Especially, yeah. yeah. In in Adelaide, it's massive. 1970s houses behind the showers always have moisture because it, it they don't wet, wet seal. They don't um they didn't waterproof it, so it comes in through the grout and then goes into the yeah. back wall. But that is conductive of it can be conductive for termites. So you do have to watch out. Um, and, and I end up having termites in it. So there was just a little bit, but it was um, previous termite damage. And again, people hear the T word and they, they freak out, which if you don't know where it is and how far it's spread, you should be freaking out because that, that can be a really big problem. But if, if it's just localized, which this was, I was ripping all the walls out anyway. I didn't care. 
So making sure that it, I knew what I was getting myself into, I just put in a cash offer then and there on the spot just before I flew out. And then I think we literally got on the plane the next day and, and went up to, to renovate the other house. Wait, wait, how did you, you say you ripped the walls out of a unit. Is, isn't this part of a body core? Like how did you, how, when you say rip the walls out, what do you There's mean? a few layers to, to a wall. So, so this oh, is okay. a brick veneer. So you, you, oh. you rip all of the, the gyprock out. And yeah. we, I did actually take out one of the internal walls, though. That was one of the ways that we opened it up. It's a great way of increasing the square meterage without increasing the square meterage, because it, it was. What, what, a, sort a, of, yeah, what sort of discussion did you have to have with the? Do you have to have any permission from the body pool, or just kind of give them a heads up? And yeah, it's it's all internal, so you can, you can do what you want as long as it's done yeah. done structurally sound, which which this all was. I did actually have a bit of a mistake with that, which was later rectified, which was a bit of a stupid mistake on my part, um, but. <laughs> Yeah. Otherwise, that was left your bone in the wall, did you? <laughs> I, I, I didn't put the hanging beam in first, and it's just it's that's a bit oh. of a problem. Um, like the wall, the ceiling stayed up, but um, yeah, and and it was my own dumb fault because I was listening to the building inspector again whilst I was renovating in Queensland, and I was trying to do too many things at once, and I didn't hear that he said put a hanging beam in before you take the wall out. All I was hearing is it's not load bearing; you can take the wall out. So, yeah. I don't even know what a hanging beam is. It's none of my business. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just like, it gives it the strength that it needs. Yeah. Reinforcing. Yeah. Well, I'm, we're going to jump into our uh, next sponsor of the fantastic week. But, Todd, I want to understand a little bit more about this, uh, this unit block that you've got. Because how sure. many doors have you got up to the story so far? Um, it's six seven doors or six doors six doors so far and then yeah. this is where it kind of takes it on to the next level from a cash flow perspective and also for a amount of doors perspective correct that's a word draws what he's speaking of doors, doors he's a way to get more doors doors i should have done a door song the amazing thing with commercial property investing is that in most cases, it's cash flow positive from day one, which means that you can drive those profits towards paying down the debt. There are instances with commercial property investing where you can actually have the property pay itself off over 10 years, which is absolutely crazy. With commercial property, you get massive net yield, so you can expect anywhere between 6 to 10%. And as we've seen in the current boom, these properties not only provide large cash flow, they do certainly grow wildly in value too. Now, with big rewards comes some risk, and this is why you should de-risk your investment as much as possible. And the way you do that is with expert due diligence. And this is why we highly recommend people hire professionals to help you along in your investing journey. Steve Polisi of Polisi Property is one such expert. Being a chartered mechanical and structural engineer in a past life, Steve draws on his analytical and mathematical skills to do that expert due diligence for you. With six years experience in the space, Steve has over 1,200 property transactions on his belt. He's the guy you want in your corner, crunching the numbers and finding the best properties in the best locations, along with ensuring that you avoid the mistakes. Steve has actually even written the book on commercial property investing in Australia. And not only is it a bestseller, I believe it to be the most comprehensive in commercial property investing on the market today. He's been generous enough to give us a massive discount for our audience of 50%. So use the code OZPROP, click the link below, get a copy today and start learning and getting on your commercial property investing journey. Here we go. 
Well, Joe, I, I know we're, we're eager to get... And speaking of, there was an epic debate last week with, with Joe, and Joe just narrowly took that out. So, uh, I mean... That I was, was a great win. <laughs> Residential versus commercial. Well, I don't know. I, I, thought it was, I thought you should have won easy. I don't know. You, you sort of... You, you really... Lazy pack some good, good punches. But um, before we get into the... Do you want to... Do people want to hear about Uniblock now? Because I've seen how many... I saw how many questions people are asking. Should we, should we ask some Q&A or should we... I can't uh, see you, questions. Should I? Uh, that's all right. I, I can, we can bring them up. Let's 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 talk about the unit block and then oh, yeah, end on questions. Comments. There we go. Yeah, heaps of don't don't look, Todd. Don't look, don't look, man. Oh, hey, okay, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh wow, there it's are like the don't touch. Yeah, heaps of questions. So unit block. So tell us about what, is this one also? Oh gee, we lost him. We lost him. <laughs> um, so is this one also up in the the Logan sort of area, or is it somewhere else? No, this one's in Cairns. Cairns, interesting. Did you kind of have some on the ground BA knowledge, or did you do that yourself, or what was your? Did did that one myself? So I started ringing oh, around, cool. like uh, I, I was looking at Cairns and Townsville mainly, yep. um, and a few different reasons. But uh, I ended up um, trying to build relationships with several different agents because, like, there's there's it's pretty simple. Like, if if you can come top of mind when someone lists something, you will get the phone call. If, if you're the easy one to deal with and, and that's pretty much exactly what happened. So I actually ended up getting a, a call from, and this is the other benefit from it. It wasn't even the, the selling agent. It was from Sean Craig and, and he works for uh, an agency up in Cairns and end up just giving me a buzz saying, Hey Todd, I've just uh, flicked your details on mate. Um, a colleague of mine in the office has just listed a, a unit block. Uh, it's four units. It's exactly what you've, you've told me in the brief, uh, but they're going to market in four days. So I, we, Bianca and I had actually just flown, literally just landed in Sydney. Like I think I was in the cab as I was talking to him about this, getting back. And <clears throat> I ended up speaking to, to the agent, uh, told him all the details. Oh, sorry, he told me all the details and just said, look, give me 24 hours. I'll do the numbers and, and let's do it. And then I ended up uh, offering on it. There was a bit of back and forth with it because the rental yield on it to begin with was very average but mm -hmm. I knew what I could actually rent the property for was, was a lot more attractive. And so, yeah, with that, I actually ended up signing the contract the day I got COVID and, and I got it like bad, like real bad. I was in bed for about a whole week. I was off work for two weeks. And so wow. I was trying to negotiate the deal with like a fever of 38 degrees and just, feeling like absolute rubbish I ended up pulling it off. But there was probably a few things that maybe I should have done better, but I still end up getting a 10 grand reduction uh, from the, after the BMP report. Wow. There you go. Well done. Controversial, controversial posts that Joe did about best pest and building as well. There was some, 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 <laughs> some, some challenging comments yeah, on that Negotiate one. on the pest and building clause Buy it yeah. based on. Absolutely. Let, let's actually, let's talk to that. So, um yeah actually what's the deal can you tell us what the deal um what it like what it kind of looks like purchase price how many units there are um kind of paint the picture that way yeah sure 780 four units um renting out uh currently it, it was rented out for a thousand and fifteen dollars a week okay. and now I'm, I'm actually just signing them over uh, i've got them up to a it should be between three thirty and three fifty a week per unit, so it's it's going to jump up to almost uh, I think just thirteen fourteen hundred a week roughly. Yeah, yeah, about about four almost fourteen hundred a week because some wow. are in a bit better condition than others. 
And how how yeah. old how old are the how old the unit block? Is it sort of 20, 30, 30 years old? It, no, so it's, it's much older. So it's seventies. So it's bulletproof. Yeah, the thing is, like again, this this all comes back to the pretty isn't profit. Like this this is a it, it's something that I'm going to be able to renovate later on, but I don't want to to renovate this and and make it amazing for for quite a few years. This is purely just a, a cash flow deal for now because. It's positively geared by, I think, $560 a week. Wow. $560 a week, two grand a month. Mm. And when when you, I'll ask this question now because I'm sure everybody's probably screaming it out at at their laptop or a phone and like, is that, is that, what what does that include? Does that include insurance? Does it include Strata? I don't know if you own the block, (laughs) you have to be proof stuff to pay someone to manage it. What is it? What does that actually include? Is that, that's, that's probably gross, isn't it? 560 gross? me two secs and i'll pull up a, a little thing here oh um, a little thing can you make some more of that music there jeff oh, <laughs> probably best if i don't but um joe i'll, I'll ask you oh it's probably not a quick question so right. best here we go so basically we've got got 780 um so this and this is working off uh 1320 a week so as yeah. as rent so that's working off yeah. of 330 for, for all of them yep. okay now this is also working off of uh, an insurance of eight thousand. Oh, sorry, uh, where's our insurance here? Insurance of eight thousand four hundred per year. My insurance so actually isn't eight thousand four hundred though. My insurance that was my first quote with I won't won't say names, but let's say a pretty well known insurance company which I actually use all the time. So it's nothing against them, but I found one that actually specialises in in these areas in Queensland. Got the quote down to I think it was five thousand. No, sorry, four thousand eight hundred. Then oh, wow. when, I, when I ended up actually replacing the roof because it did need some work, and that's one of the reasons I got ten grand off. So essentially, I got an entire brand new roof put on the property for for ten thousand dollars. So I I paid the other ten. The other ten came off. Um, then the premium actually uh, dropped another six hundred dollars a year. So it was it's I think it's just over four thousand dollars now. So that in itself is almost halved. My council rates um, were, what's that, around 8,040. I think Cairns, Cairns has actually just put up their rates though. So yeah, that's, I saw a post in the group about that the other yeah, day. That's, that's amazing. Queensland are doing some wonderful things uh, with their charges at the moment. They love property uh, investors, that's for sure. They do. Yeah, <laughs> licking their lips. Um, and now Strata, I've just put down $320 a month. Now, it's not strata out because I was actually looking at a few strata ones, but there's a few extra costs with that. So having it all on the one title and the, the goal being cash flow to begin with for, for the first kind of three to five years, it made more sense. But the reason I put $320 a month away is more so a general maintenance fund for both each of the units and the actual complex itself. Uh, putting away a thousand a, a quarter, so not a thousand quarter, a thousand a year for water. Um, and what else have I got down here? And now this has actually worked off an interest rate of now 3.2%. That was positively geared there by 528 a week. Okay. Wow. So now, so that's, that's close to net. Close to net. Oh, yeah, probably. Close to net. What do you mean? Yeah. In, I mean, then that's, that's not a gross 528. That's, that's, a, that's an after cost. Kind of thing. Oh, that yeah, that's after all all mortgage, uh, like uh, the yeah. interest repayments, uh, council rates, strata, water, insurance, um, yeah, all, all that kind of stuff. That's a brilliant deal. Yeah, it's not bad. Um, but but again, it's it's it maybe it's not going to perform as well as as some other assets, but it's going to perform yeah. the way that I want it to, and and help get me where I want to go. So. Yeah. 
it's it's something that Birchie said ages ago. He said it on your show as well. Like he, the whole it's it's the vehicle. He always loves to tell the story of like if you're in Perth, how do you get to Perth? And it's like, ah, oh, but you're in Perth. Like you just you just got to look at like where do you actually want to go? I, yeah. I think we get distracted by all of these other things. And and if this helps me get there, then great, it's doing its job. Yeah. And I, I think it's so, important to point out that that wasn't your first property purchase as well, is it? That's, that was one that you bought as your, I don't know, fourth or fifth after you'd probably built up a good amount of equity. Yeah, definitely. I don't, I don't think you'd want to start with, with a, a block of units. I mean, you could, but it's, yeah, it's probably like learning how to drive in a, in a Porsche. Like it's probably just, it's not impossible, but it's probably not the best idea. Sounds fun. Joe, you had a question. <laughs> not your Porsche. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, I, I think that's that's one of the, the things that the key takeaways that I'm taking from your story is the first purchase that you bought was $62,000 um, and you just haven't given up. You just haven't stopped. You've just kept consistently chipping away at that wall. You've Shawshanked property investing, just chipped away at the wall. And <laughs> Can I have that as my poster next time? Like a little yeah, Shawshank. Yeah. Park. <laughs> you, want, you want to go to jail, Todd? Jeez, don't don't do anything. It's all worth it. I'm not being in jail, by the way, people. Have you got Have you got any um kind of other considerations for buying blocks of units as opposed to normal properties like uh, everyday houses? So, is there anything that you took away from that experience well, that you could pass on for other people looking at units? Yeah, like one of the big things is is look at your council rates because I know I looked at a few in Townsville that were just extortionately huge and yeah. on the back, like your gross rental yield was like, yeah, like this is like seven something percent. And then when yeah. you started looking at your net, you're just like, wait a second, this is trash. It was like $16,000 a year in, in rates. Yeah. And I think we've lost, Oh no, so I thought you're frozen there, Jeff. Um, but, but, but for me, I, I, I guess part of it as well was, there was a bit of uncertainty around what I was going to be doing. Like I had several different options coming my way and I thought I wanted to keep buying. And I thought if, if I was going to actually buy another three or four separate properties in that time, again, whether they were blo uh, units or houses or whatever, it's, it's a lot of time sourcing all of those, but just getting all of them in one chunk just actually made it a really time efficient way of going, all right, cool. Lock this in while you can, because I was kind of looking at rates and, and again, Jeff, like maybe I'm completely wrong on this, but I was thinking if they keep going up and, and cause we don't know my borrowing power is going to keep going down. And, and yeah, I thought it does. it's painful. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. Painful. And so to me, I was like, well, why don't I lock something in whilst I can get my hands on it and, and lock it in at the, yeah, at, at a rate that was, it was reasonable and, and also just making sure that I can actually get my hands on enough property in that right time frame. Mm. Yeah. Well, one thing you mentioned there was the, the Townsville, I call it like the Townsville tax. You, you got to kind of add like $40 a week rent minus $40 from the rent. So you might be getting a, a $300, $300 a week rent and the yields may look like 6%, but take $40 off there. Um, and you're now getting 260 a week rent. And that's probably what it's going to be more realistic because there are extra costs in insurance and an extra cost in um, a lot in council rates as well. So yeah. don't go for the yield, go for the net yield, not the gross yield, like what Jeff was talking about there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I've, I've got a, let's I've jump got to some of these. Oh, can, can I ask yeah. a couple? Can I ask a couple questions? Uh, I, because it's um, your show. Yeah. Oh, it's our show. Not not just mine. It's important, to, yeah. But um, you, normally, I don't always have a heap of guests, a heap of questions for the guests. But it just 
it's not because I don't find them interesting. I do, but I just, I, I think your kind of approach and mindset's just, it's fascinating to me because you kind of come for, you, you, you've done the journey of the podcast as well. But first question I've got is, is about that. Like, what is it that, what, what made you decide that you wanted to just buy all these properties? Like, what, what was the change? Was there one thing or was it just a, a gradual question. kind of thing? Yeah, actually, really good question. I'm going to have to genuinely think about that, Jeff. Um, <laughs> I, I think, grow, like, I didn't grow up like dirt poor, but I, I, I didn't grow up with a lot of money. Like, I, I was... I used to lend my mum money when I was like 12 years old so she could pay like the gas and electricity bill. And she used to call me the Bank of Scotland when I was a child, which is probably a racist thing to say, but what she said. Um, but it was just because I, every piece of money I got when I was a kid, I saved. And, and I think that stuck with me because I just never wanted to be poor. But I, I then went the other way during my, my sort of early 20s, like before the accident, I remember like writing on a piece of paper, like I'm a billionaire, I'm a billionaire, I'm a billionaire. And I just got so obsessed with like, I used to be able to tell you everyone on the BRW rich 200 list and, and I knew everything about it, but I was just a gunner, gunner, gunner. I never actually did anything. I, I just knew everything about everything. And I was the, it in a bag of chips that never actually did anything. And, and there was something that changed in me after the accident. But the thing that never went away was just that want for, for wanting comfort. To, to be able to actually, if like my mom had to stop, I played clarinet lessons. Um, like, and I know that's probably something people are going to make fun of me for. And I don't even know why I said that on a live, but I used to, I used to do clarinet when I was a kid and she had to stop it because it went from $3.40 a lesson to, to something like $5 a lesson. And, yeah. and I look at that now, I'm like, how could you do that to your kid? I was pretty good at the clarinet. And, and, <laughs> I just look at that. I don't know. Mum was doing the best she could. So I like, I love you, mum, just in case you're listening. This isn't a dig at you, but but I, I don't I don't want to have to make that choice. And and it's it's all of these little things, I think, Jeff, that that probably collectively have added up over time to go, I, I want to be able to have options. And and again, that's it's why the cash flow for me. Like right now, I've got options in what I'm doing in life. Like work, the portfolio produces enough income, depending on what happens with interest rates. <laughs> for now, it produces enough income that like my job is an option. Work is an option where it, that that's a wonderful feeling to have. But but yeah, I don't know if I'm answering your question or not because I'm, I'm really having to think about this, mate. You, you sort of are um, in, in a roundabout way. I, I would say that it, it didn't necessarily, you didn't wake up one day and think, and maybe it did sort of happen that you, you kind of got more serious about it, but I think it was a gradual progression. And I, I think a lot of people underestimate that, um, that, that themselves. They see these people that have bought 10 properties in four months or even Charlie, I think he bought 13 properties and whatever. Oh, he killed it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but he didn't, like he, I, I don't know necessarily know his motivation necessarily either, but, but I think he, people see that and they're like, oh, wow, this person did that. But they, they don't understand that it, that it took you probably, when did you buy your first property? 2007 or 2008? Or yeah, my, my very first property was 2007. Classic story of like it's a, an yeah. apartment. It wasn't quite off the plan, but yeah. And, and that didn't really make money off of, sold that in 2016 so I could actually start properly investing. Yeah, so so yeah. people underestimate how long it took to get to that. Yes, you bought, what what was it, like eight eight rentals or seven rentals in two or three years, roughly? Uh, ten in four and a half years. Ten in four and a half, yeah. But but it took you from 2007 to 2022, so that's about 15 years mm. to actually get yeah. to that stage. Yeah. Well, that's that's the old quote. 
um, it's a it's a overnight success in uh, ten years, in a ten year overnight success. Yeah, and and I think it's really uh, I hope people kind of take that on board what you said there that finding your motivation because it sounds really woo woo and kind of self development and I don't I think you need to have an action plan but I think if you have if you can tap into that motivation like just saying I hate my job is is probably not enough motivation to be able to get to that stage you need more than that I think you need to have that. What is the yeah subconscious? Yeah, I completely agree with it. Big Terry always makes fun of me for this, but I got, I got vision boards on the toilet door. I got vision boards in in my, my vanity in the bathroom. Like, I I absolutely agree with that kind of stuff. And and I think like got a, a mission statement in the morning that I read. Like I'll I'll get up at, at five a.m. Actually, that's a lie. Now it's five thirty-eight for some reason. I'm, I wanted the extra thirty-eight minutes sleeping. Yeah, why not? <laughs> and and I'll go to the gym and and when I'm I'm on the treadmill to, for the first ten minutes, I'm always listening to either a, a Simon Sinek, a, a Tony Robbins, a, a Joe Rogan, or what, whatever it is, whoever pops up on YouTube that's saying something that's motivational. I think that kind of stuff is is super important. Yeah, um, John John D. Martina, um, I think that's his name. Pretty sure I've listened to a podcast. Like I find something just clicked when I was listening to him the other day. He's just amazing. Like he's got the Moonshot Project and. But anyway, getting getting a little off topic. The other question I've got um, is, is around real estate. It's more tactical rather than kind of aspirational, um, because I find do you, do you think it's more because you know how people say call up an agent, ask them ask them three or four questions about the area to kind of mm-hmm. understand the, and kind of build that relationship. Do you find that that's a little when somebody does that to you? Are you, are you annoyed by that because you feel you waste they're wasting your time? Would you rather? I don't. Okay. No, no. I, I, but I don't think asking an agent about an area is necessarily a good way to do research. Like if you're doing that because you want to build a relationship with the area, great. But if you're doing that because you actually want to understand if an area is good or not, and the sales agent's not the person you want to ask. Well, definitely. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> I well, the way the way I sort of would would was would approaching it. Of course, you got your property managers who can tell you that sort of stuff. But but mm-hmm. even just kind of. Uh, ringing up a couple and sort of seeing what each because diff- they, they all tell you different things as in oh this i actually found that they i mean i don't know maybe i just get information out of agents but they would tell me oh you know i grew up in this area this is probably you want to avoid these kind of streets and of course mm-hmm. you have to validate that and take it with a grain of salt but I, I found that i don't know they just would tell me information i'm like oh thanks for the help and some won't but yeah yeah but no. it, it can't hurt but like you said you just as long as you're validating that kind of stuff i think that would be the really yeah. important thing because the the streets to stay away from might also just be the streets they don't have listings on yeah, yeah exactly maybe. the street that their competitor has a listing yeah. right now that's very <laughs> very close to what you they've got it's, oh it's funny that that asian i rung up five minutes ago um said that, that he said this was the worst street and yeah yeah, yeah, yeah are you selling something on that street oh cool yeah, yeah. Oh, a- agents of Agents have got terrible names. Let, let's face it; it's it's not a, a job that's held in like high esteem by the public. But at the end of the day, they're they're doing a good job for vendors, and most agents actually are are good people. But just always remember they they work for the vendor, not not for the buyer. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I, I I deal with a lot of real estate agents, and the ones that there are ones out there that you can definitely. Build, I build relationships with because I know that they're terrible agents and they're not looking after their vendors because they're giving me all this information. And then I work with really, I've got a good relationship with a really good agent as well as you, Todd, and they work so hard for their vendor and I hate dealing with them when they get a listing, but they list a lot of the the properties that I buy and it's just like, oh, 
I have a whole lot of respect for you, but I hate dealing with you because you're very hard to, to get a good deal out of. Um, but I still get a good deal. But yeah, sometimes I, I reject a lot of their properties because they go too much. Um, so I don't know. I didn't have a point to that. Didn't no, but you, you're right though. And and on the flip side, no, no, there was just funny. Yeah, I, I've seen a lot of BAs that like great to deal with because you just kind of tell them, hey, here's the price, and they pay it. And it's just like, oh, okay, <laughs> thank you, but probably wouldn't use them. But but then like someone like you and I have never done a deal together, but I've negotiated with you before, and and I could tell you like you you don't just accept prices. Like I remember when we did it, and I was like, hey, Joe's pretty good at this, and and you remember <laughs> that kind of stuff as an agent as well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Thanks, mate. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. I oh, want to hear some of these questions. There's property. way too many. Yeah. Let's do it. What do we got? Um, my favorite one was this one. Straight off the back. <laughs> this was one of the first ones. I'm interested that's, in hearing uh, that's Hayden. Hayden's Is that oh, Hayden? He is. Well, Hayden, Hayden yeah. doesn't have reception at the moment. He just messaged me to tell me he couldn't watch. So throw in your questions, guys, while we go through these ones. Um, throw in any questions that you have about Todd's journey because that's exactly what we're trying to cover off here. How did Todd get from where he is at the beginning, earning $200 a week, um, uh, was it $600, $800 a month, sorry, to $16,000 a month? Um, that's what I hope we've kind of conveyed in the different ways. And what I feel is you've just kind of like taken bigger and bigger steps it was a baby step and then a bigger step and then a slightly bigger step and then it just kept going and going and going. Next Pretty question, much. Toddy, for, for me is what's next? What's next for you um, in, the, in the property space? The book is taking up a lot of time at the moment and, and pizza and property. Really? Like, I mean, right now that's, that's pretty much the full-time focus is just growing things because like just as a part-time gig it's it's grown yeah amazingly and so right now it's it's pretty much in the front seat as as full-time focus amazing nice i'm excited to see what that what, what that what that looks like and uh... speaking of the podcast out of all the people you've spoken with with large portfolios what is the one thing they all have in common i'll let you go first show oh sorry i think it's, i think it's to todd <laughs> Oh, we've, um, we've all interviewed a lot of people. What, what's the one thing they've all had in common? Um, I don't think there's any one thing for me. I can't think of. Yeah, there's there's probably thing. like heaps of things they've all got in common, but I, I think the the one thing they've all got in common is is determination. Like you don't yeah. you don't just kind of wake up with this kind of stuff. Like unless you you do the whole Gina Reinhardt experience of just inherit more coal. Like you you've got to work for it. Even if someone is, because there's some wonderful people in the industry that they might have got a little bit more of a helping hand and maybe they got under grand or whatever it is, like an inheritance, but but still to actually be able to put still that to that work. Is. Exactly. Yeah. So I'd, I'd say de determination to, to keep going. What about you, Jeff? I mean, what is I mean, the, what's the one thing they have in common uh, from the people? Todd. Todd stole my uh, Todd stole my answer really, but um, I, I I think it's along with the perseverance uh, perseverance and determination and and sort of accepting that it's probably not going to come easy, is is uh, accepting that you don't know everything, um, and and that you can't mm. like I, I see people saying they have to they they want to self manage and they want to go to the bank and figure out which lender or they want to. 
go and sort of travel everywhere and do that sort of stuff. And I'm not saying you can probably do one or two of those things, but to, or do their own tax and is another example. So you can probably do one or two of those things and get away and get and get away of it. But to try and do everything yourself, you, you're not going to get to a large portfolio. I, I challenge. I, I want. To, I want somebody to try and prove me wrong. And maybe don't because you could get yourself in a bit of trouble. But but come come to us in five years' time when we're still doing these uh, podcasts or, or lives, and and we'll we'll, we'll do a live if you're if you're able to do it yourself. Property manage, do your own finance, do your own buying, do your own um, yeah accounting, doing yeah, everything. We should do that. So I think we, you have to I, accept. We'll have a look at some of our early members and see, and because these people like there are people in this group that are buying. I was speaking to a client, uh, a, a person the, the other. The day and she was saying like i got my mortgage broker from you guys i got I, like i got all of my my account everyone we found and i've been able to build a massive portfolio over the past two years and i thought that that's just that's awesome unreal. yeah unreal so, and she's what, like i haven't even commented you, in the group huh that's right oh what everyone has what everyone has in common i think is just uh the to do itness, they can see like they see something happening. They what they they just see something and they're like, I can do that. Like I know I'm. It's going to be hard. I know that there's steps in the way, but I can do it. I am fully capable to be able to achieve what I need to achieve, and I will achieve what I need to achieve. But um, but yeah, that's kind of the thing that I see that successful people have is like, yeah, yeah, it's cool. That's how you do it. Like I, I actually see, um business like i see it as a machine like you've got to look at what your end goal is what are what are you doing here okay how are you going to get here what have i got and what is the roadmap to get there so i now mm. know my end goal is you know $150,000 in cash flow okay mm. well when do you want that end goal to be oh i want that when i'm 50 okay well how do we reverse engineer that as much as we can to say oh well you know that means you're going to have x amount of dollars and kind of reverse engineer it as much as you can um, and build a bit of a roadmap. So obviously you need like charts and spreadsheets and technology to help you do a bit of that. Um, yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah, I, I think uh, we, we did sort of answer how to how you did this, but I, I think um, it kind of sounds like just finding a really fantastic broker. Is that, was that the, 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 the yeah. TLDR? So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely, Jonty. Just, um, you basically sit down with a broker and, and right now it's hard because especially the amount of like pre-approvals or the work that they're doing, actually getting the time to do this is, is a bit of a tricky one. So if you ask a broker and they say no, don't be discouraged. Just keep asking until one of them says yes or like get a little bit chummy with one, rock up with a six pack of beer, whatever you got to do to just be like, how, like how can we just sit down for, for 15 minutes together and play with the serviceability calculator? Because that's essentially what you want and just have all your scenarios ready because they're under the pump at the moment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 100%. And my favorite question to ask is, what is going to allow me to get to the next one? I don't mm -hmm. care what this, like tell me what this one needs to be to allow me to get to the next one. Yeah. Um, you know, if you don't, if you don't have any property, you need to do like a, you know, a property, you know, kind of map it out. Um, but if you're getting towards that tail end of serviceability, that that's when you kind of yeah need to know what is going to get me to the next one, what is going to what, what's going to do it. But that's why your strategy works so well, Todd, because you buy a property that's at market value or under market value, and then you spend twenty thousand dollars on a renovation, and then you you like five x your reno. 
you, know, you, you spent 20,000 on the reno and it grew a hundred thousand dollars extra. And then that means you've got $80,000 in equity from your $20,000 that you'll be able to use to then go a- again. And then all yeah. you're doing is playing with free money, like to be well, able and, to grow it. That's the thing. Like the first time I pulled equity out, it, it was all of like, I think $20,000 or $30,000. And the last time I pulled equity out, it was a few hundred thousand dollars. Like it just, it keeps kind of snowballing. And then you go from there and keep building it to one day, I'll probably be pulling millions of dollars out in equity to, to put together a deal. But it's like Karen Baldwin always says, it's just, it's all the same thing. There's just a few more zeros on the end, the more you grow. Mm. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, um, I'm sorry. Mate. Oh yeah. Sorry. A real girl. No, 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 no you do what... yours. I was just going to say, um, and if you, um, obviously this is not, um, I mean, just because Todd's doing it this way. Um, have you got a view as to what you did with yours, Todd? Oh, do you want okay. to bring it up again? What? Yeah, I can't oh, see the question. Sorry, dude. And so I keep looking over this way because I've got a monitor over here because I can't actually see yeah. you through this. This is a teleprompter. Um, uh, oh, so it's all I actually, scripted. I knew it. <laughs> I, well, no, so I can actually see you through it anyway. Um, I, this is where I stuffed up and it was only because I had Rona. Uh, it didn't go well. So I actually purchased that contract, uh, like the, the block of units, uh, uh, Todd Sloan and or nominees. Really good thing for you to remember if you're buying, uh, like I, I've done that before in South Australia when I wasn't sure how I was actually going to structure it. Apparently you can't do that in Queensland. And I got a call from my solicitor. She's like, what the hell is this and or nominees stuff, champ? I'm like, oh, you know, I, just, I was going to set up a trust, but, you know, I've got Rona and all this kind of stuff. And she's like, yeah, no, that doesn't fly in Queensland. I'm like, oh, okay. And then by the time I actually got better enough to be like, okay, let, maybe I can set up a trust now. We were so close to getting finance approved. My broker was like, look, we can, but we're going to have to go through this finance application all over again. Plus, you're going to have to get the trust set up. And I was just like, mm-hmm. no, just, just leave it for now. And now all of a sudden, Palaszczuk's announced whatever they're, they're doing with land tax. So benefit of hindsight, probably should have just muscled up a bit and, and got the trust done when I was feeling sick. But, um, but yeah, otherwise, everything else is, is personal name. Have you done the land tax calculations on the new legislation and what it means for you? Yeah, it's, it's not a huge amount. It's a few thousand dollars. Yeah. But to Most me, it's just... in Queensland, aren't they? No, to, uh, yeah, actually. Yeah, actually, yeah, there's a few in Queensland. Um, but but I think for me, it's just more the principle. I just, I hate it. I've already made a few memes that I'm going to release later on Pizza and Property. And one of them is is Lieutenant Dan and Forrest Gump. And if I could just say it, and it's, I've got... Uh, Palaszczuk's head over Lieutenant Dan saying, oh, we'll change them land tax for land they don't own in, in Queensland. And Forrest Gump's like, that don't make no sense, Ms. Palaszczuk, because it doesn't make any sense. Like, it's, it's, it's a state-based tax. What are you doing? Amazing. Um, it makes perfect yeah. sense because people new, people in New South Wales, Victoria, uh, Adelaide are not going to be voting. <laughs> not going to be voting for Ms. Palaszczuk. It is the people internally in Queensland, who's getting yeah. the revenue in? So they're getting revenue, but not oh, having yeah, the yeah. revenue voting right. But like, what, what if you another another reason to to really dislike Queensland is apart from the fact that they beat us at Origin almost every year. Did you hear that too? <sighs> yeah, <laughs> I feel like we've gone off topic. Oh shit! Sorry, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, you I'm said your job. I'm, I'm, I'm picking out really good. This is an interesting. I think this is an interesting one because I, I don't know. I don't really know. Um, oh, oh interesting. Completely interest okay. only at the moment. 
Yeah, so basically I've looked at that as putting everything as interest only makes the the debt pay down, which I'm still paying down debt now, but I have the option to do it. So like I said before, if if the option to to change things around lifestyle wise, whatever it is, comes up, if it's all P and I, well then I, I don't have as much flexibility. But with an interest only period, I can still treat it as if it's P and I, but then I can step back if I need to as well. Yeah, so that's actually a really key point that you hit on there because I don't think a lot of people think about it that way. They don't think about, oh, I'm going to go P&I because I like to pay down debt. Well, yeah, do that in interest only as well. Like I always recommend, um, obviously, speak with your broker, but when you go interest only, you can pay the exact same amount that you would on a P&I loan. So the P&I loan is $700. Interest only is going to be $300, but you put the rest of that, you put that $400 into the offset account and it's offset. That then allows you a pool of liquidity to be able to like, you know, $100,000 in cash that you've built up that instead of being in the loan, it's accessible as cash. So the only reason you wouldn't want to do that is sticky fingers and you want to go on holiday because you've got all this money um don't a lot of people that, then... are very horrible at managing money so yeah yes exactly yeah so if you got sticky fingers and you want to go on holiday if, if you're going to scale a portfolio and you actually want to grow it into three four five ten twenty you're going to have to get good at managing money that's just a yeah, that's a basic true. that has to happen how, did, how, did, how have you um, kind of managed your money, Todd, given that you had a situation previously where, where you weren't so great with it? But Bank of Scotland, mate. Like that's, uh, I've always been good with managing yeah. it. I think uh, when I was bad with it, that was when there was a lot of drugs and alcohol involved. That was just silly decisions when, when you're, not, you're not thinking clear. <laughs> not in your right, but, right mind. Yeah, exactly. But I'm, I'm coming up with a, for a thousand days, no alcohol soon. So uh, I've I got to say personally, and, and I don't – don't preach this. People do whatever makes them happy. But for me, that's actually made a huge difference. Mm. Yeah. Oh, amazing. That's, yeah, it's, it's very tough to be able to do that. Having, having seen people um, in my own life very directly affected by alcohol. It's, um, yeah. So it's congratulations for a thousand days. Uh, you you, Thanks, you pick a question, Joe. Okay. Well, I'm interested in this one. Does Todd have a plan for how to protect himself for when it all goes to custard? Custard. <laughs> from it, well, from it depends it, on what flavor it is. From it's. It's all going to custard, not not from when. Oh, I think think, uh, whoever said that, because it just says Facebook user, can you give me more of a what custard is? Are you talking about when rates rise? Are you you talking about if there's a 50% market crash, what's custard? Well, maybe it's more about like what kind of, like how have you thought about risk and buffers in place to be allowing you to do this? Like where, what, where do you, where is it like, oh shit, actually this, if this happens and this happens and this happens, um, maybe, you know, I need to, yeah, like GFC. Yeah. There you go. There's yeah, a, sure. There's so a the, yeah. Port, the port, whole portfolio will still be neutrally geared at almost seven percent interest rates. So that in itself is is a huge buffer. Uh, as far as uh, money aside, as well, I, I've got uh, a very decent uh, savings just set aside. Again, I, I live quite frugally. What you see me wearing right now, a white T-shirt and a Pizza and Property jumper, is what I wear every day. Like it's just, I'm I'm a pretty frugal person at the moment. And, and just put all my money into making sure for stuff like this, if custard comes up, I've got a big enough spoon to be able to eat my way out of it. What an, what an analogy. There you go. <laughs> Ties it in nicely. Uh, here's a great question. Um, thoughts? <laughs> you can do the next one, Jeff. Thoughts okay. on buying a PPOR or investment property for first home buyers when it comes to 
to wealth creation. Like um, vice versa, like which one's better kind of thing? Yeah, I imagine so. Personally, and again, like I'm sure we've got all the disclaimers, this is not financial advice, please see independent professional advice, but I, I look at that and think you're better off starting with a, an investment property if you can get something with a better yield, something that you can force some value on. Because a lot of the time, in, especially as my experience as an agent, you'd see people that would go, yeah, yeah we're going to buy this one and, and then, then we'll buy an investment property. Then you see them two years later. Yeah, you know, we're going to do that soon. But we just, we thought the kitchen might need remodeling. And then you see them another two years later. Oh, yeah, soon, soon. Like, unless you're super focused, it, yeah, Mm. can just end up going on the the someday pile. It's very hard to go from renting to owning your own home and paying a mortgage and growing equity and growing value and not having to deal with landlord inspections to then mm-hmm. going back to renting if if you need to. And, um, and again, so to quickly jump in there, uh, Jeff, uh, Joe, Joe um, if you go and do the whole like play with the, the serviceability calculator with them as well, like actually plug yes. it in and go, okay, cool. If we buy a PPOR, where does that actually leave us versus if we spend the same amount or a similar on, on an investment property? Best way to do it. Yeah. And I think you need to really work out where you want to live as well because I hear people like, oh, I want to be a first home. I like we live in, I live in Cronulla. People want to live in, you know, buy their first house in Cronulla. Not going to happen. You know, you're not going to buy a house in Cronulla. Um, but then they go all the way out to the sticks because they have that joy of ownership. So they go out to Western Sydney where none of their family are. No one they know is there. And yeah, they have to restart again. It's very isolating. It's only, it's only bloody, it's only a 30 minute drive, a 45 minute drive. It's not like, yeah, I mean, there is, there is a lot of, a lot of people out in Western Sydney. Mind you, yeah, it's yeah. I mean, I was I was in Western Sydney on the weekend. Thank you very much. I'm pretty sure 30 percent of the country's population live in Western Sydney. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Well, there you go. That's um, but but if you if that doesn't like jive well, then yeah, I think it's building building the asset base. But what Aaron's talking about, I imagine, is you can get your first home buyer's grant, right? You don't you can put a five percent deposit down, get your first home buyer's grant, save on stamp duty. So my view is, you know, be careful with the tax side of things. But if you can buy, renovate and flip a PPOR, you can you can do you can do just as well if you continue down that route. If you buy a property that's not in a good way, add value to it. And then you're not mm-hmm. paying tax because it's under the PPOR side of things. Um, but you need to watch out if you're doing that as a business. So I'm not totally against it. I just feel that you need to you need to crunch the numbers. And when you're not getting an income from the mortgage, so you have a mortgage that's not getting an income, which is your PPOR, and then you're getting one that has a rental income. But you're also having expenses of rent coming out that you're paying to the landlord. So how much of a difference is it? There is definitely a difference, um, but yeah. It's really horses for courses. I think to me, it also just comes back to how much you're happy to sacrifice. If the the yeah, more you sacrifice, the further ahead you're probably going to get. The less you do, the the less it is. But you're going to have a better lifestyle. I, yeah. I, yeah, I I don't think this one. A lot of property is about numbers. I don't think this is. Yes, you can make it about numbers, but to me, it's about what do you actually want. Like, what's more important? Mm. Um, there's mm. and and only yeah. you can answer that question. Like, 100%. because there's, there's yeah. pros and cons for both. Like. And what and what your what your significant other is, wants to do as well, because ultimately you can you can kind of be bullheaded and say, well, I, we have to buy an investment property, and then, well, if if the mm. the relationship if you're in one may not survive that, uh, or maybe the partner is willing to 
to sacrifice. Um, so yeah, I think it's more than about the numbers in this situation, which is not normally about. But yeah, yeah. Um, I think here we go. I like this one. Will you get into property developments, Todd? Yeah, or, or commercial? What are we What are we doing? Fleasy um, property. Yes. Yes is the answer. When got no idea. But yeah, ab- absolutely. One day, I can't see why I wouldn't because, like, a uh, a uh, 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 a heavy cosmetic Renault is is just a few steps back from developing it. Like I missed out actually on something that would have basically been a development. I, I put an offer in to buy an off-market burnout house and I'm talking like proper burnt out. Is that the one we went through? No, different one actually. Oh, um, I forgot you and I went through that scary dungeon. Um, yeah. This this is a, 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 a different one. What, what time of night was this? It was literally uh, was a drug house that exploded <laughs> in yeah. Christie Downs, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, that was terrible. <laughs> well, like, it was actually a little bit scary walking through that with you. But um, <laughs> uh, th- this was one that I put in the offer and it was like sort of uh, mid-2020. And and again, like things were just – actually, no, it probably wasn't even mid-2020. It might have been later 2020 because it just started to pick up. And I remember thinking, yeah, I can do all this because I would have had to – uh, strip all of the walls back, like basically just completely gut, but all of the the brickworks, and I'd have to sister some of the studs and and the rest of it. But it would have almost been building from scratch. Um, mm. The the numbers didn't end up working with what they wanted, so I didn't end up buying it. But that was one of the things that made me think like it's it's just a kind of a hair away from development. So mm. yeah, a very long winded yes to both of those. Yeah, here you go. Probably got time for one or two more questions. Though, but um, I mean, I, 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 I like this no, one. No, I like this one. Is that it? No? You like this oh, one? Oh, yeah. This is it. I know it. Yeah. <laughs> How much is enough? When to change? Well, I mean, these are two questions in one. How much is enough? And then when to change approach and pay down debt? Um, how much is enough when you've you've found that that happy place really which i mean i'm pretty close to i think i saw one there before about how much is it actually positive buy so the portfolio is positive by i think it's 65 or seventy thousand dollars a year so it's it's enough money pardon 1200 ish a week roughly maybe 1300 about that uh, my my goal personally is is 200,000 a year passive i i think that would be a a good income, but I'd also want to make sure that that was more like a, a P&I, not just a, an interest only, because to me, that's when it's it's actually, it's completely sustainable. If you've got more like a, a 50-50 LVR and it's like $200,000 a year can actually be generated from it, fantastic. That's that's a, a pretty good lifestyle. But again, Set. yeah, like I'm, I'm learning how to fly now. That's probably my one little extravagance. So I would like to buy a little plane. Um, oh, but yeah, apart from that, that, yeah, it's it's good fun, and so is um, Mike Mortlock. We've been chatting about it. He sent me a, a stall stall rotation recovery video the other day. It looked terrifying, but but yeah. Um, otherwise, apart from a bit of hobbies like that, two hundred grand a year I think would be enough. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's enough. There's enough. Um, and when wh- what are you thoughts on paying down the whole debt side of things? Like, are you just putting that cash flow right now into like that's kind of what you're doing is putting it back into the portfolio in an offset account with interest only, but you're just letting it sit there and then not paying interest on that capital that you're saving. Pretty much. And still putting aside money for tax as well, because I mean, that, that is one of the things when it's positive like that, the, the government doesn't forget. They, they remember. 
They yeah. certainly do. And well, um, I think we've got time for one more question. I, I, I said to Joe we we're going to make this an hour 15, an hour 30, but we just that, that's that's how, how quickly time has flown. We're at an oh, hour 50. That's all right. Bianca's about to get home with some cookies. So this is probably perfect. Time. Oh, cookies. What kind of cookies are we? Oh, yeah. I don't know. Wait, Mum's we... made them. She's wonderful. Oh. <laughs> I, I hope she, yeah. So <laughs> it will be interesting to see how you go in. Oh, interesting. Well, well, I'm interested to unpack who this is. Uh, so, Katie, be interesting to see how you go in the very long term. What, 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 what do you find interesting about how it will go, Katie? Like, are you, are you, do you think he may not go, not go? Might so not well, age well. Might go bald. Yeah. Or, or do you nah, think he'll? It's, too thick. it's very strong. Strong roots there. <laughs> you're fine um yeah and and i think that that probably just comes back to exactly what we were talking about before so katie probably has uh some ways that she approaches investing that yeah great if, if it works for her fantastic but for me this this is working and and maybe and this is just my assumption maybe, maybe katie's not meaning this but I, i'm kind of assuming that it's more of a well, the portfolio that I've put together isn't going to grow. It isn't going to do well in, in 35 years' time. It's, it's yeah, going to be severely outperformed by other assets. Maybe, but just going to keep building it as long as it keeps producing cash flow and getting me to the next one. I'm happy with it. Yeah, I think it was around a comment of get rich slow too much too soon. I'd challenge that and say that he bought his first property in 2007 or 2000. Yeah, so I think that was that's pretty slow if you ask me. Like, like he, although he did them pretty quickly, but um, yeah. Did, did we, we already did get we, the answers? Camera set up. Yeah, what, what's that one? Canon was that one? <laughs> did we uh, already oh. get the answers on Todd's camera set up? Oh, okay. Um, so the F-stop sorry. of your lens. <laughs> it's, it's a Sony A6000. I've actually got a three-point camera set up here. Um, with a, an, an A6000. Yeah, and, and, and an A10 Mini Pro ISO running through a Rodecaster Pro with uh, two Rodecaster mics. Uh, the, the camera in there is actually put behind a teleprompter. So I've got a screen in here. So when I'm looking at you, I'm looking directly in your eyes. I'm actually looking down the barrel of the camera. So it, it helps with that kind of connection with eye contact. Um, and yeah, so Sony A6000 with a Sigma 30mm lens, uh, 1.4 aperture. Wow. Jeez. Oh, and and two, um, what have I got? I've got Godox SL60Ws uh, with a 60-inch softbox, and I've got another one with a 28-inch softbox. Uh, and the, the 60's got a, a honeycomb filter on it as well. Honeycomb. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that, that sounds exotic. Um, oh, oh, this will be oh, get, get married, have kids. <laughs> well, why do so many people spell spell lose wrong? It's it's not loose, it's lose. Unless get loose loose money fast. I don't know. It's just that word that. What question so, are you talking about, Joe? I can't see losing there at all. No, no, oh, Jeff. Yes, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, dude, I do it all the time. <laughs> yeah. No, no, it's all right. We so Chaz is asking that he, he says, what, what would you say to your 18-year-old self? What would you like stop, at it anyway? Stop chasing women and alcohol and focus. I would probably give myself a good backhand and um, just say, yeah, focus on, on the things that are actually going to make you happy instead of chasing frivolous happiness in a moment. What about you, Jeff? What's your 18-year-old self-advice? Stop, uh, stop procrastinating. Well, that's a good one. Yeah. Mm. Like, I, well, okay, I, I could, I could be, I could be a mentor. Well, maybe I'm close to, 
um, I could be a many times more millionaire by now if I just, uh, I mean, you too, Joe, as well. You, you, you sort of know, we, we talk about the Sydney boom of 2012, 2013. People sound like old, old folks now. Back, back in, we could have bought that time 10 years ago. But yeah, my iPhone 6 works just fine, apparently. So I think How we've... Uh, you, yeah, what mine, mine would be... Yeah, right yeah, good. I, mine's, not, mine's not as great. I, I, I think go traveling was one of the best things that I ever did. And I was sitting in a... When I got my real estate... I got my real estate license very early like like before i started investing i got like the certificate and did all of that stuff and there was a woman in there talking about investing and she was older and there was 17 year olds 18 year olds 19 20 year olds in the session she's like and then this answer came up like you know what's some advice for some young kids and and her advice was don't buy property to start with like go and live your life first because if you buy property, you've got responsibilities. You've got a mortgage. You've got income that you have to pay and you don't have a chance to get out there and live your life. I think if I didn't go traveling, there's no way I would be in the position I'm in right now because I would have just fallen into you know, something. as It wouldn't have given me those opportunities. So I'm like to young people, my advice is not buy a property straight away. It's do some living first and don't feel like you need to have it all figured out because when I was 16, I thought the 18-year-olds had it all figured out. When I was 18, I thought the 25-year-olds had it all figured out. When I was 30, I thought no one's got it figured out. That's the trick. No one's got a clue. But go out there and live a little bit, and you can always make more money. You'll be absolutely fine. I, I stuck that on the fridge at work one day. It was one of my favorite Ricky Gervais quotes, and it's a picture of him that? without his shirt on doing that for some reason. It's Ricky Gervais. <laughs> and, and it said, nobody else knows what they're doing either. And I just thought that it's, it's so true. <laughs> I know on that bombshell, um, I think the most important question of the evening. <laughs> I already know the answer to this, but but yeah, yeah. Let's... Jeff Miles, what is your sorry, Todd Sloan? What is Jeff Miles' favorite pizza? <laughs> the question is is addressed to Jeff. Well, no, it's yeah, no, tagging no, no. Jeff for yeah. you. So, what is your favorite pizza, Todd Sloan? Um, at the moment, it's a, a margarita. It always sort of goes between margarita or cheese. Oh, whenever I think margarita, I think of the alcoholic uh, margarita. Oh no, just uh, basically a cheese pizza with a little bit yeah, of tomato yeah. and basil. Yeah, but it's it's like that double kind of thing that can mean yeah. In the context, yeah. is important there. There, there is a, a wonderful pizza place just uh, around the corner from me. I'm in Mile End. Uh, I think it's called Blue Velvet. And they do this amazing um, wood oven pizza. And it's a six cheese and pear. And it's just such an unlikely combination. And I, I very reluctantly got it one day. And I was so glad that I did because that's definitely on the top of the list as far as the, the, the different pizzas that are amazing. I love that. Well, Todd Sloan, thank you very much for this evening's session. You're very open. You're very honest. And you've achieved so much. And I think it's just purely like what we said at the beginning, your consistency and your persistence and doggedness to go after it. And you just, you're just making it happen. And you shared so much value. So thank you. Thank you for that. How can people learn a little bit more about you and hear more from you? How, does that, how do they get in touch? To head on over to, to Pizza and Property uh, on iTunes or on Spotify. Uh, we're, we're uploading twice a week there. Uh, I'm going to start putting a bit more into to the YouTube channel and TikTok as well. Um, but but otherwise, yeah, it's probably the best way to do it. But if if you guys actually are interested, something that and the whole reason I've talked about it 
differently. Uh, the last time I wrote the book and then went, Hey, I've written a book where this time I'm writing it and going, Hey, this is what I'm doing. Uh, if yeah. there's anything you want to hear of, as far as people unpacking their portfolios, don't be afraid to get in touch and, and let me know because I'm very much wanting to make this interactive. So I'm producing the product that people, people are really going to get something from. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And also thanks to everyone that's watching as well. Everyone's put in a lot of effort in like everyone's thrown a lot of comments here and a lot of interaction. So I appreciate you guys spending, you know, your nine, eight thirty at night wanting to learn and you know, you're, it's awesome. It's awesome to see great work. And we'll, we'll do our best to start at seven thirty one next week. Yeah. Awesome. yeah, that was that was that was, my, that was that was somewhat my fault. Right? Uh, Just I, it was your fault. <laughs> I needed it to get button. That wasn't yeah. 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 All right, I, I appreciate you, Todd. I mean, we've been chatting since early 2020, I think. Yeah, pretty sure. Yeah, I, I reckon it's even 2019. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, yeah. I can still remember. Uh, Old mate, I, I just don't, out of respect, I don't, don't want to say his name, um, but he, he was like, oh, I met this guy called Jeff, super energetic, loves property. I think we got to talk with him. And and that, that was my introduction to uh, to you, mate. Oh, thanks. And and my intro, I, I think my introduction to you, which I've, I've been listening to your podcast for, oh, yeah, I, 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 know, I, know, who, yeah, I know who this is talking yeah. about. But um, I, I got that fate. I'm, I'm a little, I wouldn't say camera, I'm not camera shy, but yeah. And I love all the comments, but I appreciate the, the time, effort and energy you put into the property community and, and just the, the genuine kind of interest and curiosity because not a, lot of, and a lot of people want to just kind of, um, a lot of people want to get their information out there. You're all about find, getting the information from others out there, which, and, and which has in turn helped create your journey and story as well. And it's only just, it's only chapter one or chapter two has been written. So many more chapters to write. Yeah, I think so, man. Thank you. And I think what you guys have created with the community is just insane. Like it still feels like yesterday you hit a thousand, uh, a thousand in the community. And now it's like, what is it like 22 now? 21? About yeah, that. we had 700 people sign up last week. 700 <laughs> people. <laughs> but it's, it's 700 people that are actually getting something. Like there, there's other, other communities out there, like well, communities out there where there might be 30,000 people on a page and no one's talking. Like what, what you guys have nurtured and Jeff, you, I don't know how the hell you do it, man, but the, the amount of effort you put into to all the comments and actually getting back to people. And then like the, when it's like people trying to do too much of the sell, 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 it's, it's what's made that group so good to actually discuss in and learn from, man. So yeah, straight back at you guys. This is, this is this is Brendan Brendan Caller, mate. He's, he's talk, doing a lot of talking. Maybe you should, maybe you should take his own. Yeah, no, good good on Brendan. Who's Brendan? Uh, okay. He's Terry's mate, I think. Actually, yeah. sleep now is the next chapter. Yeah, fair call, man. Yeah. <laughs> pizza, pizza, pizza partner and property. Yeah, there's three P's. I don't know about pizza women. Pizza partner. Let's let's be men, women, and yeah. Let's do David, it. did did we used to work together as well? If you're still, because you look very familiar, and I'm pretty sure we did. He <laughs> does look familiar together. too, but but I think he's just got that kind of profile photo that you think, oh yeah, I know that person. But, yeah. yeah. Okay. No, he'd he'd know the job if we did. But anyway, we'll oh, see if he messages okay. me. He would know the job. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> what did you on that do? on that note, thank thank you everybody. Let's uh, let's let's uh, get Joe to sign off. Ah. Oh. Let's do it, guys. Let's go buy a property. See you later. This is what this is what the after chat looks like for everybody who's, who doesn't know. It's just kind of yeah. Ram, ram. This is what... 
hear more interviews and share your story with some of Australia's top property experts and commentators now by joining the Oz Property Investors Facebook group with over 25,000 property investors so we can all become better property investors together.